0: Yeah, uh, we have Omar Sattar today on The Bunker. Um, it's turned out to be a little bit different than I anticipated this talk. Uh, Omar is a real estate guy, and I thought that I could kind of talk briefly about his journey and uh, then talk about how real estate market works. Um, a lot of interesting things there, at least for yeah some people. Anyway, um, turns out that he has a very, very complicated um let's say relationship with his family traditions um, partly to the religion uh, Muslim and um, and that has kind of been um, very influential in his life from childhood and until today um, a 50 year old man. So yeah, it turned out that it's more complicated than and 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 somehow has more ankles to it than I realized, and um, so we ended up talking more just about his kind of journey and story and and how these things kept kind of creeping uh, up to him and until eventually it, he broke, um, got depressed and had to get help. Um, but he has worked himself um, to a better place now than, than, than where he was at his worst. And yeah so um it was an interesting to hear this um first generation of uh, um, Muslim immigrated family to the u k um, um I think those of us who are just born in our the neighborhood where our parents and grandparents and great grandparents and everyone is from I think we've had a much easier path than than those uh check it out and uh, about the sponsors. Uh, the oat bar, oatmeal skier, uh, healthy juices, um, healthy snacks, no nasty ingredients. Um, everything is clean, made in house. Um, the skier is from a organic uh, local farm, uh, and the oatmeal is um, organic as well. Uh, amazing place. Open from 8:30 until 3 o'clock on Monday to Thursday and Fridays from 8:30 to 1:30, and Saturdays 8:30 to 1:30. And you can also order uh, on volt and Bolt. Uh, the old Bar in Karlin, Prague. And uh, Alfred Jobs, alfred.cz, um, the best job search platform in the Czech Republic and Slovakia. And in Iceland, actually, they're in Iceland as well. And um, yeah, thousands of jobs coming your way, but uh, instead of having to sit hours um, looking, you can basically set up your preferences once and the jobs will come your way. And you don't even need to look because Alfred lets you know when the job is there. So, uh, yeah, and Alfred has a web and an app. The app is in the app stores. Um, and, uh, yeah, to check it out, guys, because you, you never know. The dream job might be just around the corner. Thank you. Okay, I have Omar... Satar uh in the bunker. Omar, welcome. Hi Alma. Thanks for having me. How are you today? Actually quite good because
1: it's sunny outside. It's yeah. nice, nice day we've had, as you know.
0: Yeah, it turned out up. better than it was supposed to be. I I, I uh, l- just last week I, I got my garden furniture and, and when I when I finished loading it out to the terrace it started snowing <laughs> and I was like how oh, <laughs> appropriate is this? <laughs> yeah. Um you you're a real estate guy. I am, yeah, I'm a real estate guy,
1: yeah, by, even by education.
0: Yeah, and uh, I uh, we have some mutual friends. Um, you played football with some Icelandic legends here in Prague. I have, yes, I played um, with Icelandic. I still play football, but
1: I played with some Icelandic legends. I'm Norwegian, I know it's not. Yeah. The Scandinavians, yes. Yeah, that's the B-class
0: of Scandinavia. I- Iceland is <laughs> the A-class. I don't think Norwegians would agree with you. No, but they, anyway, they don't let's, hear let's this. not go there. They don't hear this. But, um, yeah, I actually, I told the guy, Siki who who, who you played with, I, I wrote him on Facebook that, that his legend <laughs> still lives in Prague, that 15 years after he played his last game in Prague, he's still considered the best football player to play on One the...
1: O- A- and does he remember me or doesn't remember? Yeah, yeah, he, 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 he said...
0: Yeah, you said this annoying guy from Scotland. That was there was a couple of Scottish guys. It might have been the other one. <laughs> <laughs> so you're Scottish.
1: Yeah, I'm Scottish. Yeah, I was born in Scotland. Yeah, close to Glasgow.
0: Yeah, and but and if I would ask you, who are you and what do you do? Then what would you tell me? Uh, I would say um Omar Sitar. um from Scotland,
1: and I work in the real estate industry. In Basically, everything
0: that I've said. Well, that's
1: the trick. You just repeat back what the <laughs> interviewer says to you. But um, yeah, so I'm a real estate expert. Yeah, and it and, uh, sounds uh, fancy. But,
0: but one of the more senior ones. I mean, you've been here a long time.
1: I have, yeah. I moved to Prague in 1997. In July the 20th, I arrived. Uh-huh. But I, I came as a student mm. uh, on a field trip from university. They brought us here to, to have a look at the uh, uh, emerging economies. Uh, so we had been in. Uh, in Berlin, uh, Dresden, and then... Um, but that was earlier. That was in 93, November 93. Mm-hmm. And it, it was different between 93 and 97. Mm-hmm. Even in, in that t- and it's a lot different now, as, you, yeah, as yeah, we can yeah, see can outside. Imagine,
0: yeah. So you say you're a real estate guy, and I said it also, but what does it actually mean? I mean, how is your... What does it mean on a day-to-day basis to be a real estate guy, in your profession? Your in, in my profession, okay, in my case. So...
1: Mm. Uh, currently, I'm, I'm I'm working in real estate investment, uh, so I take clients' money and invest it in real estate. Mm. Uh, and in the past, I've done other jobs in Prague all around real estate. I've only ever worked in this industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I first came here, I was effectively working valuing buildings. So when banks wanted to lend money mm-hmm. to owners or developers, I often would produce a report to say this is the value of the building because... When they were borrowing money the loan was based on a percentage of yeah, the value yeah. so I did things like that and people needed it for accounts or whatever reason they needed a valuation they were selling that yeah, depreciation or depreciation. appreciation. Yeah. Well, it was slightly
0: different but n- not that but yeah connected to that yeah mm. so
1: that, that's what i do
0: and, and and right now you 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 invest and you have you have an investment f- fund like a crowdfunding thingy right <laughs> thingy yeah. Uh, yes, uh,
1: the business I work for now has, has, and the real estate has effectively two legs. Mm. It has um, what people would call crowdfunding, which will be use um, people's money who who gave us it to to invest in real estate uh, in Czech and Slovakia. And then recently we set up a property fund, a real estate fund, which is a different structure and different okay. rules. Oh. Um, very shortly, the crowdfunding, the money's not there on mm. tap. Mm-hmm. You don't have it in your pocket. Mm-hmm the fund you have the money yeah, yeah, you a, you've the already collected
0: yeah yes and uh but are, are you like uh, are you the boss or, or or am i talking to someone here you know sometimes <laughs> <laughs> i could have been somebody uh yeah. am i the boss i have been the boss in the
1: past yeah you know pay the cost to be the boss as some rapper said yeah. uh Currently, I'm the head of the real estate division of Mm CrowdBury. I was brought in specifically to grow the real estate business because CrowdBury doesn't only invest in... In fact, if you look at the portfolio of CrowdBury's investors, uh, the majority of the transactions, which is about 33 transactions have happened so far, have been in SMEs from cancer diagnostic Mm. to yogurt manufacturer to hockey stick producer to... Echo capsules. Uh-huh. It's a wide range, and then some is real estate. But they wanted to grow the real estate side, so they brought so you, they brought in. me in, and they wanted the fund set up, and they asked me to set it up. Uh-huh.
0: And and uh, but uh, like you're one of the old names in the business here, right? In the real estate kind of. I yeah. mean, looks are the say. I look young, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm yeah.
1: I've been around a bit, yeah, around the uh-huh. block, twenty three years, uh, twenty four years or something in Czech Republic.
0: That's crazy, but um, anyway, I we, we met and and we had a chat in in the amazing oat bar, uh, <laughs> and um, which is one of the sponsors, by the way. Um, you you ate porridge in in Scotland. Yes, I did. Yeah, I still uh, eat porridge now. Yeah, but then you need to go and eat it in the oat bar. You know that.
1: Yeah, best place in Prague. Exactly. <laughs> Give me the money later. I'll yeah. for saying. That.
0: Yeah, got the gun on your head. Um, and 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 th- then you know I was kind of. Y- you know, I didn't really know a lot about you. I heard a few things I checked around in our, in our with our mutual friends and stuff like that, but um, and yeah, I, I kind of realized that, that you have a really interesting background, interesting childhood, and 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 yeah, so I, I actually wanted you to maybe take me a little bit back to that, and we would then. Hopefully later come a little bit more onto the real estate and how that works here in Prague and all all the things around that. Which, um, you know, at least I am curious about. But if people are not curious, then they can just stop listening. Then, <laughs> but then at least they hear your story, which I think is quite interesting. So, so you're born in Scotland. Yeah, born and bred, as we say in Scotland, born in Scotland, close to
1: Glasgow, just on the outskirts of Glasgow, a small mm, town mm. called Coatbridge. And a lot of people don't admit from being there.
0: No. But uh, your family, your roots are elsewhere.
1: Yeah, my uh, parents weren't born in Scotland. They were born in Pakistan Mm. and moved to Scotland when they were young, like ages of 12. My mum, my dad, when he was 14, but my dad came to Scotland
0: via England. But Mm. we won't hold that against them. Mm. And uh, they they married young, you told me, and... and
1: yeah. Um, so my mom and dad uh, come from a small village in the middle of Pakistan. Effectively, a really small rural village, farming kind of community.
0: Mm. Um, it's about an from the same village. Yeah, they th- come. From, they come from the same village. They come from. But the they same came here separately. Came here separately. Came here separately yeah. Uh-huh. No, oh no! Sorry, here to Scotland
1: separately. They came to Scotland separately with their fathers. So my grandfathers, effectively, ha- effectively had the idea to move to Britain, mm-hmm. uh, and at that time, because they moved in the... My well, my grandfather's probably came a little bit earlier because that's normally what happens with immigrants the the male goes first secures a place brings his kids over mm-hmm. uh, so my grandfather's at different times at different places and uh, moved to the UK and somehow my mum's side of the family first ended up in Scotland probably because they moved to Scotland because they knew someone would mm-hmm. move from their village to Scotland as immigrants that often often happens you go where you know someone probably the, oh, yeah. when the Czechs moved to. The states, they, a lot of them moved to Chicago because there was another Czech person there. Mm. So the same thing. Um, so I'm I'm quite lucky that my grandparents moved up to Scotland because that meant that ended up being Scottish. So uh, my grandfather's moved, uh, say, uh, fift- late fifties, early sixties. Uh, also, is quite notable because Pakistan, India, or India and Pakistan were one country until mm. 1947. I think if mm. I get my f- history right, but. Please check that on the internet yourself. Mm. Uh, so forty-seven of separation, but anyway, so there was a colony. It was a colony of of, of Britain, and mm. post war, Britain was rebuilding. They were inviting immigrants, or it was easy for immigrants to to get the license. To get to and and in yeah. fact, you know, people who came from the Caribbean were already British. Subjects, they had a British passport mm. whilst, and because it was a colony and uh, under the stewardship or governorship of Britain, whilst India, Pakistan, you had a Pakistani passport, but it was very, very easy to move there. And they were rebuilding mm. their economy, they needed cheap labor. So they got, and it was, you know, more money than working on a field in yeah. Pakistan. And so a they, better life. Uh, yeah, uh, well, depends how you feel. but yeah, yep. that, that's what they, they wanted to better themselves. So uh, they moved over. So I remember asking my dad about this, you know, moving to. First to Rochdale when he was a kid. And I think the story was that they got a train uh, from the nearest big town to Karachi. Mm. The first time he'd been on a train, the age of 14, you mm. can imagine. Mm. And it gets on a flight. <laughs> and I don't know if it stopped anywhere, but it ends up, you know, probably went to London, no doubt, mm. and gets on a bus or another train and goes to the, the relative's house or where the, the house that my grandfather had secured for them in Mm. Rochdale Mm. my grandfather was probably had a job in a I think he had a job in a factory or something Mm. and my dad was the eldest and all of his my dad is one of six Mm. Uh, there was more kids but the first few unfortunately passed away at a very early age so my dad wasn't really the eldest there had been two kids before which I believe were girls but anyway so my dad was the first and then he has uh, how many brothers four brothers and a sister Mm. Uh, of which the last two brothers were born in in the UK. Mm. So again, so you can imagine you 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 live in a village, mm. You barely got electricity. You don't have an inside toilet. Mm. You get on a train. You've never been on a train. Get on a flight. You get on a flight. Like what the heck? You're on this bird that's in the air, flying. You end up in a country. It's colder where you come. People speak different language of which you know some mm. elementary words. And then you you go north into North England. I suppose the same for my mum. She had a more Conville, she had a different, uh, unfortunately, kind of different roots. Her At a young age, on my mum's side, her parents divorced when my mum was very young. Mm. But my mum went with my her dad's side. Her dad's side took her.
0: Which is very unusual. It's kind of unusual, yeah. In most cases,
1: unusual. I'm not sure in the culture of Pakistan. Anyway, it would have even been unusual then. Mm. Maybe, I think maybe, actually, thinking about it, Almar, Given, and we can go into this a little bit. You could think maybe a woman with a child might be more difficult to remarry than a male. Mm-hmm. So, my mum's, um, my grandparents were first cousins mm. on, on my mum's side. On my mom's side yeah. Yes. Which isn't unusual. You keep the, the, uh, the land and the wealth in the family. Mm-hmm. Just like the royal family, <laughs> you marry your first cousin. Yeah. <laughs> and even in in the uk that and other Western european countries that happened so so um they got divorced my grandmother on my mom's side remarried my grandfather on my mom's side also remarried so my mm. mom was the only child mm. of that relationship and she went with her father so her, my my mom's grandmother yeah. raised her raised her her father went to S- scotland mm. for a while to to secure a place got remarried to a Lady from Pakistan, a second marriage. So my mm. grandfather's second wife, and he had over time another three children. So my mom had uh, one half sister, two yeah, half brothers. Uh, they were all born in Scotland. Uh-huh. So my grandfather took his new wife to Scotland and then called for his daughter.
0: But there's a lot of there's a lot of people from one small village in Pakistan in Scotland yeah. in one place. There, there was yeah.
1: I don't know how you knew that, but uh, that did in our village or our village is not my village, but my grandparents or my parents' village. A lot of them moved to Scotland. In in fact, in the sixties, mm. a lot of them came from that village because it's it's again it's again or the neighbouring village. Mm. Uh, again, it's this kind of immigrant thing. Yeah, you yeah, go yeah, with people yeah, that yeah, you where
0: know when you know people, and and you you feel safer in exactly in, the, in and the the safety and numbers. Yeah. But but. Uh, and and yeah, you told me that they got married quite young, and it was an arranged marriage, right? It was, yeah. So obviously, at some point, um, my 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 dad then from
1: England with his parents, etc., ended up moving to Glasgow. Mm. Can't remember why. That must have been for work. Mm. Or again, knowing someone from the village, mm. and uh, so my grandfather had a daughter who was seventeen, mm. and my on my dad's side, my dad was nineteen. Mm. And, the, and the parents go, oh, that's the people from the other side of the village. They live 20, 30 miles away, or 50 kilometers from us. They obviously know each other. It's a small community. You have a daughter. We have a son. Mm. Why don't they get them married? And they had no say about it themselves. No, not at all. And, um, so my mom and my dad met, spoke for the first time on their
0: wedding day. What the fuck? <laughs> and uh, w- wait, so this is what, in like 60... Uh, Let's get it right.
1: Oh. So, See, my, uh, mom, so listen, my mom. So they say my mom was seventeen. She's born in nineteen fifty sixty seven. Yeah, and, the, and and by 68,
0: 68, they have the first kid. Uh huh. My older sister. And 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 how? I mean, I'm curious because, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, obviously, arranged marriages are 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 not a new thing. know yeah. but it's an old thing where i come from in iceland i mean we had this and we we you know you 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 paid with your to give your daughter away you had to pay someone for taking her Dodi, know, you, yeah. and 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 it was it was the norm back then you know whatever you think about it today but how like i'm just curious how did you feel this somehow or was it visible in their relationship or how do these people
1: and in terms of they love each other, yeah, and get on. yeah, it was visible. They didn't seem that well suited. No, no. Uh, never married young. There's, there's, there's only one picture on their of their wedding day, and it's of my dad mm. standing at the doorway of, I think my grandfather, not his own, but anyway, standing at the doorway of a house. That's the mm. only picture of their wedding. Mm. It's almost like it was get these two people married off, and because there's, there's there's too much burden on, especially on the girl side. Mm-hmm. Maybe my my dad's side is slightly different because of the cultural reason. Maybe we can, mm-hmm. can touch on that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. They, so yes. But but how, how how did that reflect in their uh, relationship? is the question. Um, married young, uh, you know, you're very young, late teenager, early twenty. You know, so mm-hmm. my mom was you know, eighteen something. She had a kid. She had one. She had one kid. My sister. Mm-hmm. One year later, exact almost exactly to the date, she has a second daughter. Mm-hmm. Sixteen months later, I appear. I'm mm-hmm. the third kid. Mm-hmm. Four years later, the fourth kid, the prize arrives. Another girl. So I'm. I've got three sisters, and I'm the boy, and I'm number three out of four. Mm-hmm. So you got all these young kids, mm. and you're barely what, twenty three or something, twenty, something. Like that, I don't know, whatever.
0: And how? But how? So I guess they have been quite. Um, how do you say strict with the religionists? I mean, it's it's a. This comes out of the religious background and the tradition. No, I think this is
1: cultural—the ma- mm. marriage, arranged marriage—because they happen in other countries, mm. Western European. It's not. Maybe it's driven by religion, but it's mm. you know it's happened. But yeah, but uh, the religion we didn't touch on. They're Muslims. Pakistan is a dominant yeah. Muslim country, yeah. and I was and, born And they Muslim. brought
0: that. And they brought that with them there. I mean, like I, I mean, your parents marriage we... was a Muslim
1: ceremony, yeah. and yeah, and all... they brought the priest over to bless the marriage, mm-hmm. which is you know the ceremony is very short. Mm. so you know, for in ten minutes, mm-hmm. which is kind of good because then you can eat some food
2: yeah,
0: and take pictures no take they, pictures they no alcohol one, no alcohol. Oh, One one people. picture, <laughs> one picture. <laughs> but uh, but uh, no videos <laughs> and how and how did how was uh, you know what did they do what did your okay. parents do so i um my dad started off
1: as a bus driver, mm. and his brother, second one down, was a bus conductor, mm. and sometimes he would be on the same route mm-hmm. in Glasgow. They got out of that fairly quickly or my dad did. He'd been the eldest boy and he got a shop Mm. which is in the UK if anyone's from the UK they will know that the Indians and Pakistanis often run what they would call in Czech potravini. Like a fruits. uh, You know, Here the Vietnamese run them in the 60s, 70s in the UK where there was no big supermarkets. They started that they Pakistanis and Indians would own the new. We call them news agents, and people call them corner shops. Mm. Not all of them are at a corner, but a lot of, in the past, a lot of them used to be at a corner. So those corner shops, um, if you go to Scotland, um, and all the people from the village who moved over they all set up the same thing so your uncles and friends of your mom and dad Mm. or even because they made other friends from other parts of pakistan because it was not not just my mom and dad's village were in scotland Mm. so let's not let's not assume it's just one village populated Mm. scotland Mm. it's a nice story by the way if it was like that uh yeah so most of them some of them were doctors but they were probably from a not from our village that's for sure they were Mm. from a major city in pakistan and they'd you know, did a degree and then did a conversion course in Scotland or England and were a doctor. So, mm. as you can imagine, that stereotypical thing, well, well maybe you can't imagine because you're not from the UK. So, if you're in Scotland uh, or England, Asians, Indians, Pakistanis are normally doctors mm. at that time. It's only a doctor you meet because, uh, or they're manual people. Yeah. And, and then if they're entrepreneurs, it tends to be a shop. And mm. if you didn't have a shop, it was like, wow. Your dad does something else. Yeah. <laughs> other than doctor or shop. Yeah. And my dad started to do other things else. So uh-huh. he wa- he was the uh I don't know, what do you call um Derek Delboy. Derek Trotter is a I don't know if you know the no. programme. There is a program no. in the UK called Fools and Horses. It's about an, a failed entrepreneur. I, I, my dad wasn't that bad in terms of he was failed. I mean he he did relatively well at some times. And he did. Not so well at other times But Mm. he was an entrepreneur And it was all around shops um, Potrovini's Or or Mm. convenience stores we would call them Or newsagents Or he started to branch out into fruit shops Clothing shops Mm.
0: He had a clothing factory and and this is how we provided for the family. Yes, and, your, and and your mom did. I guess she didn't really work because he had. Oh,
1: no, actually, funny enough, uh, my mom helped out in the shop. Uh huh. She did uh, when she wasn't raising the kids. But yeah, effectively, my mom was a housewife. Yeah. Uh, so she had you know a very hard job with uh, all of you, all of these young kids. Mm. I mean, I don't know how she managed. She must have been superwoman.
0: Mm. And you and you you started helping out in, in these businesses. Yes, yeah, so, as in many, and
1: it's not only. Uh, specific to Pakistani Asian mm. culture. I mean, mm. any parents, uh, families, whether they be Scottish, white people or whatever around the world, family has business. Uh, the the f- kids mean, the kids help out, working. you know, they yeah. start working, you help out. Not nowadays it's banned. It's uh... Oh yeah, it's not allowed. So at one point my dad decided <clears throat> on the weekends to to try selling, you know, he had a market stall there was a big market called Ingleston, it's near Edinburgh. And this is years after, so I don't know, it must have been about eight or something. So he'd had his shops and I don't know why. Maybe it's between businesses. You know, one had failed or that I not mm. And he moved around a lot because he found a new business. Oh, we have to go to this town now. Whatever. So anyway, the point of the story is he set up market stall as a market stall selling belts and ladies' blouses, which I think maybe he made in his factory where he had about ten machinists, which mm. was above his shop. mm and he uh, said, like, let's go and do this on the weekend. So I had to go with them to the market stall in Ingleston and sell belts and mm. blouses mm. and get people to come and look at them and say, you know, three belts for a pound, you know, shout it, you know, like other There was other yeah. stall people were shouting, you know, whether they were selling butchery meat or socks or screws, you know, there was all these rows of, I was outdoor as well, you mm. know, and I remember it was relatively okay weather that, that time, because I've worked in markets many times Mm. And it's a long day, you know. It starts at market opens at eight, so you have to be there at seven. I and mean, when you're a kid, so you have to get up. We have to get up at six. Mm. And that, for a kid, that's immediately like, do oh, like, I have to go? Like, yeah, yeah. Because if your dad needs to go to the bathroom, someone needs to stand. There's money there. He yeah, yeah. maybe take some money with him, but there's goods on the stall, you know. Yeah, yeah. So someone needs to look after it. Mm. And my mom used to make us a pack lunch, mm. and she used to make it with what's called parata. It's like a type of chapati with butter on it. Mm. so she'd make and she'd make nice chutney so my mum would prepare that the night before some traditional and a, and a flask of tea mm-hmm. and that was the best part of the day because you had came my dad had a van like a you know van mm-hmm. where you could stock so you get at lunchtime i went first my dad was you're going to have your lunch so i'd go and give me the keys you know i'd open up the foil the the bag and have a, my chair have a cup of tea it was like try and drag it out because i knew i had to go back and then dad's going to you know, make sure my dad Yeah, out and he came back but you know there was some satisfaction in that when you sold stuff you got to interact with people it was like a hard day's work and you might got i don't know 10 pence at that time from your dad my dad didn't give much money to me he was pretty tight he was he adopted the scottish stereotype of not uh you know being being very frugal with his cash especially when it
0: came to his kids yeah and his wife (laughs) but you you said that it was a bit uh some businesses were successful, and others were not. Yes, and 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 I, think, and I think you told me that that you you decided to go into a boring real estate business because you were not the adventurous guy that your father was. I mean, what, what, what were there any consequences of his adventures?
1: Yeah, many. Uh, I already said that you know we moved around a lot because my dad mm. decided he wanted to open up a business in a certain location in a town. So we moved, I don't know, five, six times. I mm. went to like five different primary schools, two different high schools. Mm. Because. It was know, always a new adventure. New adventure. Oh, I'll go to this town. It doesn't have a fruit shop, a good one. Mm-hmm. So my dad and everyone would come to my dad for this kind of, um advice because Mm. he was seen as like an entrepreneur a guy who saw the angle so my dad was an angles guy he always had to get good ideas Mm. poor execution he was one of those people so he needed people around him to organize the the finance accounts keeping but he was terrible terrible didn't keep accounts Mm. We used to get these reminders you haven't paid your tax you haven't paid your vat Mm. he would just pay the he would pay it but with a penalty and an Mm -hmm. estimate which could have been double the amount he would have paid had he just paid an accountant mm. submitted it on time. He didn't like he, he was like he was like I was like I didn't understand why he couldn't get that. Like mm. but also keep in mind they never went to school in the UK. They were mm-hmm. illiterate. Mm. They didn't you know they, they didn't learn English mm. at Pakistani school. They went to basic school. Mm. And at that time the checks and balances about whose kids are at school were so my mum could be in Scotland from the age of like twelve, thirteen.
0: They never got, never no, schooled
1: never schooled kept mm-hmm. at home mm-hmm. so you can imagine so my my parents like grasp of English my, it was pretty good my mom had, had spoke good English and many relatives came to my mom. can you please take me to the doctors and explain? Uh, yeah. Can you please go to the local authority because of this issue can you mm. please do this because it mm. needed someone who spoke English and my mom picked her up she was mm. a smart lady mm. uh, and I said yeah and my dad you know so one of the reasons maybe he didn't he would just you know, he couldn't write properly. His his writing was very basic. If he wrote mm-hmm. something down on a piece of paper, it was like a child's writing. he mm-hmm. could read. Yeah, it's like me. He could read. Yeah, yeah. he could read, but uh, he didn't do any schooling. You know.
0: But but and, and and you say he he didn't pay his bills and stuff like this. I mean, did I mean how how or oh, on
1: time he didn't pay them on time. Mm-hmm. So sorry. What?
0: And uh, but how did that? I mean, he still provided. I mean, he was still able. to... Yeah, I mean,
1: uh, from some extent, I had a good childhood. Parents mm. were support, well, supportive. Well, they were around. They, were, you know, the they put we had food, food on, on the, the table, table. Yeah, they didn't, you know, didn't And a place to sleep. A space to sleep. You know, but you didn't always post. have furniture, right? <laughs> yeah, we didn't always have furniture. <laughs> um, it didn't beat us. So we'll get to the furniture yeah. in a minute. But it makes me laugh, mm. and it makes me cry maybe at the same time. But yes. So my dad's business. My dad was, you know, so he was either making. He was either very for periods of time, like three, five years. He he would be doing really well, you know. And we would just just stop here, you know, but he couldn't stop opening the next business. At Mm. one time in Glasgow in the eighties, he had a very, two very successful fruit shops Mm. and he was good at fruit. Mm. He used to go to the market at six o'clock, five o'clock in the morning, get Mm. the best batch of fruit. He wasn't lazy. He wasn't, he wasn't shy working. My Mm. dad could work. Mm. He was a workhorse. He didn't take holidays. He worked Mm. six, seven days a week. No problem. Well, I don't know if it was a problem, but he did it, Mm. you know, and, uh, he was doing well. We're like, Dad, we don't need the fourth fruit shop. Fourth one would open. Dad, we don't need a laundry. Laundry would open. Mm-hmm. Dad, he, then he decided he wanted to be a baker and he opened up a bakery mm. factory where you produce bread rolls and things like that. Mm. He doesn't know anything about this. So he leased this building, bought the equipment. After six months, it failed. Lease is still on the property. Mm. And that's the thing that brought him down to the furniture mm. question. So this would be 84. Mm. I remember it because it was Olympics, early Olympics. Mm. And also in Los Angeles, in Carl Lewis. Yeah, Carl Lewis. Yeah. And also remember it because West Indies visited England, and mm. there's a game called cricket. Mm. And the West Indies completely obliterated the English, mm. the black team versus the white team. Mm. And the big banner at the end of the fifth game was Blackwash, not <laughs> Whitewash. But anyway, <laughs> 84, my mum decides to go, I can go into this, decides to go out on holiday back to Pakistan and take my three sisters. Mm. I stayed in Scotland. I didn't want to go. I had been in 82. Mm. I didn't want to go again. I was like, so I stayed with friends and relatives and my, not with my dad. My dad was around. He was working. So, so something had happened uh, regarding unpayment of bills. And if you don't pay your bills, you get taken to court mm. <clears throat> and you have a sheriff officer that comes around your house mm. and lists the assets in the house. And that obviously happened in that period. I didn't know what happened. So one day I was I was staying with my aunt. Mm-hmm. I, so I was staying with my dad's brother's family. My auntie was looking after me. So I was staying with them, and I thought I'd go and see my dad. I used to see him like once a week, see how he was. In fact, I used to come home and you know clean up his mess, Hoover, mm-hmm. open the windows. My dad used to smoke, so the place was stinking. We had a small flat, six people in it. You know, a, you know, a two bedroom apartment, very basic. So anyway. Dad wasn't, you know, the most domesticated. I came home to see him. How is he? Maybe get some pocket money, which he would give me reluctantly, but he did give it to me. And the the door, the door of the apartment had been broken and there was maybe some, I don't even think, yeah, it was broken. It was like, it was just different. It was bust and Mm. it had been repaired, but really elementary repair. You could, Mm. and I looked through the letterbox and all our uh, goods had been emptied. All the drawers had been emptied, so it was just like piles of clothes and rubbish. Mm. And I thought, what? We've been robbed. And I thought, what? and then luckily at that point, the neighbour opened her door mm. and said, "By the way, this is what happened." Mm-hmm. The sheriff officers came. Nobody was in. They kicked the door. The bailiffs, they're called. They kicked the door in, and they've removed the furniture. Mm. And I'm like, oh shit! Mum comes back in two weeks, mm-hmm. so I'm like. All right, I better go and tell my uncle and aunt. So I tell my aunt and my uncle. And they get a hold of my dad. They phone my dad and say, you need to come home. And he's like very blase about it. And my aunt, his brother's wife, his sister, is is verbally giving him a hard time. And she said, you better sort this out before your wife gets here because <clears> you'll be in trouble. Cause she's going to hit the roof when she says this and this it was not like my my dad was on a and this wasn't the first time these kind of things happened mm. but and he then what my dad did was he went out and bought second hand furniture which was pretty awful not that we had fancy furniture but it, it was and so he had to bring it in and my aunts aunts or aunts and friends had to come
0: and what did your mom say when she found out oh she was crying
1: yeah she was in tears she came back from her holiday after a month or two months in Pakistan to come home to empty house, well, or empty out some uh, basic, basic furniture and clothes and bags lying in piles. Which my aunt had tidied up, the stuff piled it, folded it nicely, mm. and because my dad, you know, he's not exactly an interior designer, so he just bought a load of shit. And
0: so when when these things are are going on, you know, when you when you come home. To an empty flat, the furniture is gone. Stuff has been. It's like yeah, it looks like a crime scene or a burglary. Yeah. How old are you? Eighty four. I'd be thirteen. How, how how how? What did I mean? How does it feel? Like. Um, the anxiety, anxious. You
1: feel mm-hmm. the stomach, the butterflies start turning. There's embarrassment that this has happened, and mm-hmm. your neighbor, and the community know this happened because. Mm-hmm. you know, the people next door then know, the people above know. And it's embarrassing, yeah. yeah. And I was, I think I probably was in tears. I don't remember too much, Mm. you know.
0: I remember this, uh, we we had a neighbour like this in Iceland and I, I really remember they... They were actually quite cool. They took every piece of bill that came in the mail and burned it in the toilet. Mm-hmm. And then uh, like, I don't know, like 10 days before the end of the month, um, they were, their uh, electricity had been shut down, uh-huh. and, and so they plugged into our, our place. Really? And uh, But I remember this, what you're saying, because I don't know how their kids felt at that time, but I as a, how do you say, like the I as a, a we as giving them access to our electricity, I, I felt superior somehow. I felt like, oh, these guys don't have it under control. I'm, I'm, I'm six years old and I already have this sense. Mm. So I can imagine that it must have been hard for you to... Yeah, I mean,
1: I was angry with my father. I mean, I was yeah. having a go at him saying, how could you let this happen? Mm. Because it wasn't the first time, you know, this just wasn't out of the blue. My Because of my dad's, say, disorganization mm. and his uh, this drive to keep you know opening more businesses he was one of those people who liked he was an entrepreneur he liked the ideas he was a great ideas guy people mm. used to come to him as i mean mm. for it ad, for advice on ideas he could spot things on business would it work at this location they would ask it but mm. it was it was like the buzz for him of the new the new thing the laundry yeah, the not bakery the
0: longe- not the longevity of staying he, with something yeah
1: he was a potato merchant you know he was buying potato from farmers bagging them selling them on He had shops in different cities, miles away from where we lived, which you couldn't manage. And it's a cash business. Mm. Money's going missing. Mm. You know, it's not like today where you can track it better and it's on, you know, credit card, Mm. whatever, you know, Mm. PayPal. It's cash business. I mean, you have cash business. Money goes missing if you're not there. So Mm. it was just this, he couldn't manage it all, but he just wouldn't stop. People, uncles, friends, mum, would try and get him to, stop it and he could for a while but the temptation was too much for my dad but so then not long after that that would be within about a, year, a, a i don't know what period a very short period of time he mm. then effectively lost it all
0: mm. and went bankrupt i don't know if t- yeah
1: technically but no i don't know if he went bankrupt he did mm. go bankrupt at mm. least once that i know of mm. might have gone but anyway something happened and he didn't have anything he lost he put it. yeah I know what he put his money into a venture with a relative mm. and lost
0: mm. it all. And and how I mean I I guess was this the beginning of the end of your parents' marriage? Then, no or?
1: no you would think it would be. Oh. But culturally
0: that's not an option. Not an option for my mom. She can't mm. walk away. Mm. In the earlier years
1: around about 79 I remember. She threw my father out again for being this as you say um irresponsible. not- re- irresponsible, yeah, that's no. it, irresponsible father, mm. she threw him out, and I remember it was one of the few times at that age my dad hugged me, he said, "Your mum's throwing me out, and I won't see you again. I was playing the guilt trip. This mm. must have been about seventy eight or seventy nine mm. and so my, you're maybe ten yeah nine something, mm. like so he hugs me, and I start crying because I'm not used to this, and he's saying, I have to leave now." And there's a kind of, and I then got angry with my mom, mm. but I, you know, you know, they, you know, he did, you know, he wasn't, he didn't beat, I he did hit my mom once or twice, mm. but you know, but you know, and I it's not, I'm not condoning that. Mm. It wasn't like there was mass beatings and stuff. He he was very calm, and he was, but he it was a point to a point, and he would look, he lost his temper. Mm. Uh, but he wouldn't say very much. He was a very quiet kind of guy. He Used to mumble when he spoke. Mm. People used to his brothers and friends used to make fun of that. They're like what? You know what? What did you say? And, uh, so anyway, I, and so that so it was like it wasn't the first time. You know, mm. Almar. This was uh, this eighty four event was just uh, an accumulation of. And mm. An aggregate of many other events, it was building to this. My mm. mom had already thrown him out, but due to, I remember that time when she threw him out when we were, you know, in seventy eight, seventy nine, or whatever it was. She had the relatives come around and say, "You need to take him back." And my mom would say, "Well, he's not giving me any money to pay the bills to 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 feed the kids." At that point, I remember we had to get the tokens to get free lunches mm. at school mm. because my mom didn't have any money. Mm. She, in fact, she couldn't. She had three, four kids. How could she work? Mm. No, no child, you know, so she had child support. Mm. And we had, so we had this, and we had f- luckily nice neighbors and some nice uncles. So my, my uncles used to come and leave, you know, 30 pounds on the table, mm. not to, you know, when my mom wasn't looking because mm. my mom was proud and she didn't want to take the money. So she would give it to us mm. and say, give this to your mom later mm-hmm. so she could buy groceries for us. You know, yeah. so, so because my dad's irresponsibility, my dad was always very poor and giving my mom an allowance. I don't know how he thought my mom was going to magic up the money to the money to the cook the, the food. Uh, yeah, my mom was you know scrimping and being very efficient with cash. Mm. You know, saving what she could, being you know sacrificing herself.
0: Mm. You know, um, but how how tell me with this because I mean they they are <coughs> they are Muslims yeah. and you were born as a Muslim. Yeah, um, and you are a by, by, definition, yeah, 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 yeah. by definition Muslim. Yeah, you're by definition a Muslim, and. Um, um, How what what role did that play in in the family? If I mean, how was that? Yeah, at that age, at a very young age,
1: between the, say the age of zero to ten, mm. for me and my sisters as well, very little. We knew we were Muslims. We knew some Arabic prayers, mm. but it wasn't drilled down to us like you know this. We were told something by our mum. You know, we understood. My mum had some Islamic things at home, some pictures, some things on the wall. Mm. So it was clear that we, and they were stuck on the wall, you know, it was framed, you know, pictures of Mecca and things like that. So we mm. knew that, but there was no, at that point I didn't know about the Namaz, is the, you know, the prayer that you do, the one that happens five times per day, when mm. you hear the guy calling in Middle Eastern countries, and, you know, you hear this guy calling from the minaret, which is now a speaker, but so... Uh, it didn't really appear till I was, you know, the age of 10, and that's when we were sent. When we moved to Glasgow, where there was a facility or the, say, the infrastructure, there were some uh, Quranic classes or Islamic classes. Mm. Um, so they moved, and partly the reason to move is so maybe partly due to they could provide that for their kids because they wanted their kids to know, or us, me and my sisters, uh, to, to um, have read the Quran and understand Islam, and in fact it is, part of the um, one of the duties of the parent mm. to ensure their children have read the Quran mm. and know the know them definitely read the Quran and then, and then also know what they call the prayers the five prayers which mm. happen which are called
0: namaz mm. each year. yeah so 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 basically you say like the first 10 years or so it's it's not really it's there. It's there, but it's not really affecting
1: you somehow. No, I mean, I mean, we would celebrate Christmas and Easter yeah. and these things. And, uh-huh. you know, I went to school with school on Fridays. We would go to the church and, you know, there would be assembly. And, the, or in the school, there would be Christmas songs. I was in the Christmas play, you know, as one of the three kings or whatever, or a shepherd or a sheep or, mm. you know, uh, you know, so, and my parents didn't. Uh, Go Dead. to. So they came to the place. They didn't go to the school and say, "Hey, my kids are Muslim. Don't uh, let you know. Mm-hmm. Don't. Uh, why are you teaching them about Christianity?" They so were, they allowed
0: cool. you to assimilate. in Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. Which I'm, way. which
1: I'm very thankful for.
0: But was that the common? I mean, if you would look around, yeah, other more or less, families, Yeah, okay. yeah. It, w- it would be very
1: exceptional. Occasionally, you would meet a, a, f- a f- other Pakistani friend or a distant cousin, mm. and they would say, oh, "My dad went to the school to tell them." You're like, that's a bit weird. <laughs> because
0: that's one of the i mean currently if you if I, I mean if i look at the let's say the 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 discussion in 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 at least in the Nor- nordic societies because you know i i follow follow <coughs> follow that discussion i mean yeah. one of the main argumentation for um let's say stricter immigration policies for example into scandinavia has been that the the people who are coming are not willing to assimilate somehow yeah and no. here we are talking about the 70s 80s and you know your 70s. parents really young mm-hmm. when they come there and yeah. yeah i i don't know it it yeah uh, a difficult one i mean and you say that it was normal yeah
1: yeah i mean if i looked around my say first cousins mm. same same situation mm. Um, other families, other Pakistani families, not related to us, same situation, more or less. No, mm. There was probably the odd one here and there, mm. um, but no, I, I don't. And yeah, you're, there is that criticism, but I would say the counter criticism or counter argument I would make: assimilation is not a one-way street. Mm. There needs to be a two-way street. Mm. The host country needs to, if they are going to take you in and allow that to happen, because they want cheap labor force. Mm. They need to provide the facilities to allow that assimilation. They need to reach out, mm. you know, because there's a there's an element of prejudice when you are the only, when you are different looking, and that's mm. for everyone. Whether you have uh, glasses, yeah, big yeah. nose, or ginger hair.
0: I mean, I, I I felt that prejudice when I went to China. Maybe they didn't the like your tattoos because you only. looked like Ragnar Lothbrok from Vikings. Oh, there you did, did it? Uh, no, I mean, I honestly, I mean, I was the only white guy in 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 that place you know and i could feel it yeah different yeah but but like um if you i mean yeah i think with this assimilation it's also it has a lot to do with the size of the host
1: yeah i I I I don't
0: yeah i've seen those criticisms specifically
1: Mm. about scandinavian Mm. countries and specifically about sweden and malmo and bits of say denmark where it's quite anti-muslim anti-immigrant kind of Feeling or underlying mm. uh, tones you hear from politicians and just what you read. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know why um, they haven't assimilated so well. But uh, yeah, the one thing I heard about swedens is, and they keep the because as say an Arab type community there. Bosnians Arabs have. I mean, mm. look mm. at Ibrahimovic, the, the football mm. player mm. from Bosnia. Mm. You know, mm. he went to try to play for Bosnia. They said no, so he decided to play for Sweden. Mm. And look how successful he is in a Uh, football. I mean, I forget his personality. It's a different Mm. discussion.
0: I love his personality. Oh, he's a dick. I fucking love him. I don't. But, okay, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, this whole assimilation is... But, but, But no,
1: no, let me finish the point. mm? The point is, in Sweden, I understand Mm. the white Swedes, are middle to upper class, live in their nice communities. And the the cheaper, which you can imagine immigrants can only afford, they stay in these housing estates. Mm-hmm. And they don't, there's no, there's not so much, cross. I'm not saying that is the reason, but that is one, you could imagine that you're kept over there, you're kept over here, you do the cheap jobs, you sweep the streets, you pick up our litter, you clean the bathrooms, but... And then live over there at the corner. You live in the in the place at the edge of town, mm. which hasn't got, it's got the, the ugly looking housing or not so nice housing environment, less... Facilities, no nice, parts. wherever you know. Mm. So but they, but, we did this, but I, I mean, don't know. I don't know the rea- reason why it's. it's yeah, I
0: mean, we, we we've done this in Iceland also with our own people. We we uh, we built neighborhoods um, for low-income young families with kids. And and uh, you know, ten years after those houses were built, you had a lot of social problems well, in, in that area. You no, know, well, yeah, could make a
1: very good point. Mm. Same in the UK. You mm. have post-war. Let's just look at the UK post-war. You know, population boom, baby boomers, whatever. I can't. And there's, there's a need for housing, mm. um, and uh, so there's cheap housing made, and and those areas, some of them are predominantly white. They have mm. huge problems too. Mm. So you can't really. So if you look mm. at it from it's that not point, about, it's, you, not about it's not, race. It's it's not it's about, about race. It's not about race. But you know what? It's it's always easy to blame the. Mm the, the coloured people there mm. the, then because it's western europe was at one point predominantly white mm. you have this influx of different looking people who's who look different dress different speak different mm. maybe even smell different because mm. of the cook the mm. different types of food mm. you know have different customs um and uh, don't speak your language which is understandable i'm not excusing it but you can see why these things te- and the, and i'm saying that they're Assimilation is a two-way street, mm. so it's not all one way. They can You can only go so far one way. But if the door is closed in your face, then how can yeah. you assimilate? So no, the, I mean, the system know, has to be ready y- to you help you. you with that. Yeah. Okay. And I, you know, I don't know how to solve this. I, mm. I don't have all the answers. But you know, I don't. Uh, I am very kind of passionate and, and opinionated about immigrants mm. and refugees and pakistanis and stuff in scotland i have a real i don't tolerate mm. uh certain comments easily and mm. i'm not i'm not sl- like what i'm not quick i'm not slow sorry to back down mm. on these points. Mm. like what i like the thing we just make yeah there's a very we just list you know we, we picked on this point about immigration about assimilation i agree look my, i assimilated hmm I look at some of my younger cousins or whatever, and I think they've got a bit of a chip on their shoulder, you know, like the world owes them something. Mm. And, you know, when I look at my people around me, not only people like my background, just generally I'm working class part of Scotland. You know, people, you know, they don't have lots of cash. We're all, everyone's in the same bo- book, uh, boat. Mm-hmm. Boat, boat, Everyone's in the same boat. Uh, whether it be Scottish, Scottish, you know, Chinese, whatever mm. doesn't matter. Mm. You know, we're all working. We're from working class background or whatever, and we're all struggling. We're all trying our best. You know, um, so you know, you need to, you know, you need to make a bit of effort. Mm. You know, why should the be just given to you? Mm. You know, uh, you're not bought You know, it's not silver spoon in our mouth. So you know, just go and take it. You know, don't don't let it hold you back. Yeah, of course there'll be some uh, prejudices and racism, but. Unfortunately, we just have to face it, and mm. yeah, we. Uh, but doesn't mean don't call it out. It doesn't mean that you don't have to be against it. This is what I mean. I'm not slow uh, on these. I'm, sorry, I'm keep getting it wrong. I'm. I won't back down on these things. Mm. I don't back down easily. When I see comments on social media, mm. and people pick pick me up on these things, I'm like, no, I'm not taking this from you. Uh, this is a comment, and I'm especially not taking it from you because you don't know what it was like. Mm. I'm not saying that uh, you know they were dragging me in the streets and and hanging me from a tree, you know, uh, with a noose around my neck.
0: Mm. My Iranian friend was called Sand Nigger in in California. Yeah, and and uh, I've been called all this, all, all the words under the
1: word, you know. Yeah. If I started, you know, they used to even get us mixed up. They used to say you're Chinese, and I mean, like what? Yeah. Not Chinese. Not that you know, like, do I look Chinese to you? They would mm. make, they'd make, they make a song about Chinese people, but directed at me. Mm. It's like, okay, as a kid, you're like, well, you, you get, you know, you, you would be uncomfortable because people are picking on you. But the mm. same way that the, unfortunately, the kid that was overweight, the, you know, we call him the fat kid, yeah. got picked on. Yeah. Same with the guy who wore glasses, who had big nose, got yeah. picked on. There was some, the kids, you know, ki, 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 we
0: find some, we something, and then you know, play like, on yeah, that, exactly.
1: You know? But it's fine when it's kids. Mm. Yeah, that's a, but. The thing is, it's with adults. Mm. That's when you got to think. Mm. And when uh, and now, if someone ever say, or not that ever, rarely anything happens like this. Occasionally, uh, in a situation, but people don't say it to your face. They might, you know, the social media allows them to hide behind something. Mm. They might say something. Mm. And I used to think, is that the best you can do? You can mm. insult my color.
0: Yeah, yeah, which is really stupid as because as it, it says, says, says nothing l- about the person. No, well, it says Are more you, about you yeah, than it says no, about me. About you, as yeah, a not person. exactly. No, I would call you an asshole or
1: something. Yeah, it's well, Much more appropriate. Call, yeah, all of Prague would call me that. So you know, <laughs> join the queue.
0: <laughs> anyway, so so we're talking about uh, you know, like uh, you dad is a bit of an uh, entrepreneur. Yeah. Doesn't always go well. Doesn't always go well. Um, and and you were very involved in in. All all, all of his... I mean, you were helping out. You were, yes. you were.
1: So I was this, uh, you know, the person sitting on his shoulder saying, Dad, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Why don't you do this? Why don't you pay your bills on time? And So, just as as me, a, yeah. so
0: you're very responsible as a young kid. Probably, yes. Yeah,
1: Probably, yeah. I would worry about the fact if the electricity bill hadn't been paid. Mm. And I would be about, what, 12, 10, 12? 12. I'd be asking, is the bill being paid? Because the electricity would be cut off. Uh-huh. And for three, six hours one day, we would have no electricity mm-hmm. because just because the other we probably didn't have the money. It's just that my dad sometimes we didn't have the money. That was clear. Uh, why?
0: Why didn't your mom take this role? Why
1: she why did? Was my th- mom was there as well, oh. but my dad would just ignore her.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But he or he wasn't around. He'd be away working. I mean, my dad was someone who wasn't around the house a lot.
2: Mm.
0: But they listened to you. No. But how? And, and uh, so you because a lot of, a lot of people say didn't listen to
1: anyone to my knowledge I don't <laughs> know anyone that got his brothers would tell him to do this but he didn't listen to not mm. not visibly that I saw I mean it changed as you got older and my relationship with my dad got a lot better mm. you know physically we would even hug I was like wow he's hugging that's me that's possible <laughs> you know it <laughs> comes my, with that feature <laughs> he was like proud of me you know <laughs> my son is a chartered surveyor I was like bloody hell you know but he but never ever took me to a football match mm. never played with me much case I remember once he played football with me once It was like, wow, dad's playing football with us in the front of the house. This is unusual. So there was not a lot of love in the house. From Mum, there was. From dad, from distantly. And he was working a lot. So Mm. you can't play football with your kids if you're doing, you know, 13-hour day, you know, and then you're mm. tired when you come home. The last Mm. thing you want is, you know, a kid pestering you. I know what that's like. Mm. You know, and he was uh, standing on his feet for 13, 14 hours Mm. and driving between different businesses, shops, you know, a young guy still in his early 20s, you know, he was I think you're still maturing at that. You're just still finding yourself. You know mm. the things you like to do when you are 20 are not 22 are not what you do when you are 52, 42. You know, you know, yeah, everybody yeah. knows that.
0: Yeah. And then, and how, you did good at school. I mean, you were you were doing fine. Yeah. No, I was. Yeah, I was. Mm. I did well at school. Yeah, I was generally.
1: I, I wasn't top of the class, but I was, you know, in the top one. Mm. Uh, because you were responsible. <laughs> no, I was meant to be a joke. It's a famous quote from Brian Clough. Uh-huh. He said, They asked him, Are you the best manager in England? In England, he said, I'm not sure, but I think I'm in the top one.
0: In the top one, yeah. In the top one. I so, so, no, you said I, so, I'm one of the top ones. No, no, I'm not
1: one of yeah. <laughs> those. My, again, my Scottish accent. Yeah. Uh, no. Um, but so you did I, good. I was I did good yeah let's mm. not I can't remember yeah I I was generally I when mean, I was competitive I wanted to be do good as well mm. I wanted to be top in maths and mm. English not that I was very good at English but you know what I mean I, I wanted mm. to be you know we'd have these tests at the end of the year I wanted to and I generally it was on you know what first or second or third in the class I was in this kind of so mm. I was in yeah so
0: and 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 what and what about uh, Teenage years, I mean, like, because you say that, the, you know, like the religion and the and, and, and that stuff isn't really, it's there, but it's not so visible until you're like 10, 11 or something. Yeah. I mean, uh, that changed. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, so it changed around about that
1: time, like you said. We moved to a bigger place, Glasgow, mm. um, where there was a, you know, there was a Quranic school. So I went go to school. School finished 3.30 or something, I think. Mm. 4 o'clock or 4.30 or whatever it was. I think it was 4.30, yeah. Mm. We went to the Quranic school to learn the Quran to read Arabic, mm. which so you read Arabic and then you learned to read the Quran and you were taught the namaz. So you went to a class uh, in in a house an apartment which mm. some guy had converted, and you know, so he was like the teacher. One side of the room would be the guys; we'd sit together on the floor. On the side, uh, the girls would keep their the scarfs on. They would be, and we sometimes had a little hat. Mm. They would be on the other side. And uh, we were taught by the the say, imam how to read the Quran. Mm. Yeah, so that's. And, what happened. And, and
0: but and then I mean, what, what, so what happens when you are twelve and you get horny and you want to start drinking and all that stuff? I mean, twelve.
1: It must be that's what happens in Iceland. Doesn't yeah. happen
0: when you're twelve and <laughs> when Scotland, you're fourteen, fifteen. I think maybe yeah. the environment in Scotland that's isn't doesn't stimulate in the same way as it does in Iceland. Or I don't maybe know. Icelandic men are more horny. Uh, I don't know. But I mean. But what happens when yeah, okay, you when, when you're a you, teenager? Yeah, when you get into this teenage.
1: Oh, and yeah. So you, I think you're asking what happens when girls appear on the scene mm-hmm. or boys, are depending mm-hmm. on your persuasion. Um, yeah, difficult one. Difficult mm-hmm. one. Uh, yeah, you just kind of hide it. You you can't be open and at home because uh, yeah, you're not meant to have girlfriends
0: until you find the wife. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, so but in I, in your
0: case, for example, your parents would never have expected to choose the wife for you. It, you would ne you would never have been a subject of an arranged marriage.
1: Um. Uh, well, well, this comes in my twenties, but at that age, if you go back to the age of, uh, so what was inferred or what was discussed around the house that one day I will get married, yeah. and I will bring my wife home, and she will look after my parents. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't. It wasn't like it would be arranged. It was. I don't remember that. It was like it'll be someone that we know and someone that you like. It will, mm-hmm. they, they can be from Scotland. will be someone from Scotland with similar background to you. know, born in Scotland. It's not that like you have to marry someone from. Then it would be from Pakistan. You know, mm-hmm. back from the home country in inverted commas, which mm-hmm. many people did. Mm-hmm. Uh, relatives, friends. They would get a wife. They would marry. Go to Pakistan. Find a wife through your network. Friends mm-hmm. of friends, family, this and that. Anyway, so for me, it was that that will happen when you're in your twenties, when you've got a job, and you're and you're able to support. You know, you're financially uh, liquid or stable mm. to mm. be able to, you know, provide for mm. your wife. So at the ages of the teenage years, it was just don't have girlfriends, don't drink. You know, but teenage and did boys. You,
0: and what did you do? Did you have girlfriend and drink?
1: Uh eventually yes and (laughs) And i had girlfriends yeah did i like girls yeah i did you know did i date girls yes i did like any teenager did you know Mm. and Uh, you had to hide it yeah i had to hide it yeah girl can girlfriends don't don't phone me at home Mm. then the mobiles that mobiles didn't exist then Mm. don't call me you don't come around to knock on the door if you're going to meet i'll meet you and we'll meet them at school or we'll meet in the park and you know
0: I, k- I saw, but I was,
1: uh, but that happened when I was more like 17. When I was 14, 15, I was just playing football, football, yeah. cricket. I was all about just doing sports, being outside, just playing with my friends. Yeah, girls were, you know, they were okay. They maybe liked you. They was maybe interested, but it wasn't the main focus. This really happened for me, and everyone's different. This really happened, really kind of went off. when I was 15 onwards, 15, 16. And then after that, then yeah, mm. th- this is when it became. Uh, uh, how do you say it? more prevalent in my life I wasn't that bothered about it then I was still young you know mm. uh, when I was that age you know so far maybe in Iceland it's different but in yeah, Scotland but how,
0: but how was it like because I saw a photo of uh, you on Facebook where you had like a, a nice nest on your head and so <laughs> I, I think you have been really popular with the girls oh, that, I mean, that wasn't a good photograph
1: I don't know how that would make me popular I don't know if I was popular with the girls that's, that's not for me to no, but
2: how,
0: how was it to explain to your girlfriend that she can't call yeah well that, was it,
1: look if we're going to date uh, you're not uh, I can't be seen with you too publicly other than friends and we can just say we were a group of friends from school so i'm not going to walk down the street with you holding your hand Mm. and you're not coming to my house and you're not phoning me or not that you're not but look it's going to cause me problems and my parents are going to give me a really hard time if they think i'm not out with my friend davy or jimmy or who didn't exist who did exist well well, you just (laughs) tell them look davy Tonight I'm with you, okay? We're playing football or we're going to the cinema. But you'd be out with some, you know, meeting mm-hmm. some girl. Or you'd be with Davy, and you'd be out meeting some girls. Or you'd be with a bunch of people, you know. It was mm-hmm. But what it would have happened if, if okay, so just you get a hard time, yeah? It was just like you know, you shouldn't be doing this, but you know, you're terrible, and it's the guilt and you know, be
0: like oh, bloody hell. You know, but how, uh, how if if this is how it was towards you? Because usually the male in the Muslim family, the male son, is kind of carried. Often, very highly, or thought of highly, yeah. and I quote again: "My Iranian friend was called the Golden Dick in his home. You know, he was really, the, yeah, he is not, the not by his parents though. Yes, really, yeah, the Golden Dick, because he um, is the one who carries on the legacy of the family.
1: But he didn't use that word. They didn't use that word. Maybe, yeah, it,
0: yeah, they used really? that word,
1: Yeah. I don't think so. Maybe he's 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 a uh, he's just kind of translating in a way that you would understand. They would probably call him
0: the Golden Child, but in the sense, oh, Golden Golden dick, Golden Dick. I I yes, I mean he he has told me many times. Anyway, so." How was it for your sisters then? In, in this th- case, I mean, they- in terms
1: of freedom and going out and hanging around in parks or corners, going to some a, a lot stricter, mm-hmm. unfortunately for my sisters, because mm-hmm. the the honor of the family is held through the daughters, mm-hmm. and you can't have your daughters, I don't know, out drink, not drinking or oh, doesn't matter, out seeing with boys mm-hmm. because this thing about purity. When they get married, they should be virgins and stuff like that. And they mm. shouldn't have been with other men. Mm. So, uh, and and culturally, you can imagine, not even in the in the countries which my parents came from, but even in, in Western Europe at some point, you know, and, and even until recently, you know, men's control over women or opinion of women, uh, only now are we trying to see a little bit of a catch up mm. in terms of how women are portrayed. But even until recently, you know, women aren't given the same. Uh, treatment as men, they are. They are. Mm. They are discriminated against. Is the point I'm saying so, and that was maybe even more pronounced in in my culture mm. because it still is. The religion is still, and and not the only religion. So I'm not picking on Islam and in, in, in this in this respect. I don't mean to be disrespectful, but it's kind of from the outside. It kind of looks, and from the Western European perspective, it looks very backward, and mm. because of maybe how the media portrays it, because they're not all like that, you know. No, no. Look no, at my no. mom. She worked. You know, she yeah. was a business. She ran her own business.
2: Mm.
1: You know, she was you know like a, a well-known person and not well-known, but she was an active person in her community. Mm. So she wasn't kept back by my father, and maybe that's good because it kind of then filtered down to people like me. But in terms of my sisters, which was a question you asked, mm. yeah, they didn't have the same freedoms I had, and I was and it annoyed them because I was like the golden boy, mm. but, and and I was the only son. Mm. Uh, three uh, three girls and one boy you know so there was like yeah the boy. So i always got liberties that my sisters would never get mm. going away on holiday when i was 18 19 20 going off to greece going off to america with my friends or whatever
0: and they could never have done no they things. couldn't have done that no 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 but it, it must be it must be difficult of you know thinking listening to you like um, it, because one thing is if you if the family would have lived Back home in Pakistan, yes, where the whole environment exactly. is like this, and it's just quite normal. Yes, but it must be difficult when, you know, your next door neighbor, a girl, can go—I don't know—to a concert with a guy, and, or, yeah. or and 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 hang out in the park, and even kiss him, and your sister cannot.
1: Yeah, you yeah, know, you're right. So you, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's difficult. Yes. Mm i can't say anything else to that
0: but i guess it i mean like in your case because i don't know i i this must have left its mark on you somehow do you know what i mean because it's, yeah because um, you
1: live a double life so me it was yeah. easier i could go out there was no restrictions where you're going when you're coming back you know who you're going to be yeah, with? as
0: long as the life was good enough that you more were or Davey. less yeah, yeah. You, you were
1: davy i was with davy or whoever i was with you oh. know, michael or you know johnny oh. um but my sisters, you know, they were questioned, like, where are you going when you're coming back? Why are you wearing this? Mm. You know, by my parents who were pretty, you know, pretty
2: liberal,
1: li- liberal. I, I, that, that's you the know, thing. That's, that's thing. the contrast in yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. Actually. So the, the question was, you know, how did this leave a mark on you? Mm. Yeah, you just led a double life. It was like Jekyll and Hyde. Let's put it like that. You know, mm. you the, the, the persona at home, your persona or personality at home uh, and how you portrayed yourself was different than it was to the outside world or to your friends. You know, as far as your parents were going, you weren't going out discos and clubbing and hanging around with girls. Mm. But with your friends, you were just another part of the gang, you know. Mm. And with your girlfriend, it was, okay, I can't call you at home. Uh, I'm not going to go on a holiday with you. Okay, you never went on a holiday much with a girl when you were 16, 17. Yeah, eight. you don't You have know to, what I mean? But, you know, no. I'm you, you. know, we're not going to be seen together too much. Yeah, we can go to the school disco. Yeah, we can go to the cinema. But we need to, like, be careful. We're not going to be holding hands too much in the street. But we will occasionally but yeah it was more like you can't call me at home you can't come to my house and visit my parents and, uh, and talk to my mum and dad and so, but I can go to your parents and your parents open the door feed me, you know, treat me like uh, one of their own
0: but you I mean did it feel wrong to you did you feel that there was injustice on this towards you or, because yeah well probably inside there was a bit of a battle
1: but i just kind of accepted that's what it was
0: yeah but it's interesting because i mean i guess i guess you never imagined that i can only marry a muslim girl or i'm only gonna marry someone who was approved
1: well good question because yeah i didn't think that i just thought well do you know what I'll just listen to this. I'm only 16, 17. I'm not going to get married. Yeah. Lucky my parents weren't that crazy because I knew other parents had got their kids married off at 18, 19 or whatever. Uh-huh. You know, and my cousins, for example, or friends or other people you heard of. But, you know, it was pretty clear that I, I myself wanted to go to do further education after high school. Uh-huh. But I didn't want to leave at 16 and start a job, and which probably for me would have been in the family business. Because you know we recovered, my father recovered. Mm. He, f- he even found God, uh, and became religious, which he wasn't up until the year of eighty-five or something, mm. nineteen eighty-five, I should say. Mm. So uh, yeah, so the the my my um, my internal view or my view was that like, yeah, let them say that, and it didn't. Like they didn't talk about it all the yeah, time. Yeah, but what you was know?
0: your end game? What in what sense? What like at some point you're not sixteen anymore. You you you're gonna be. I don't know, 25 or something, and you're going to meet maybe someone who you find this interesting and special.
1: Yeah. What was my... I didn't think about the end game, Alma. I just thought, I'll just 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 ride the waves, see what play, happens. Play along. Just, you know, take it as it comes kind of thing. I'm, yeah. And I, I'm even to this day, I'm a bit like that. I mm. don't plan too far ahead.
0: Mm. Mm. It, but it's interesting because, um, yeah, w- you, you, one thing is if this is, your reality when you live in a reality that is only like that. And then it, I, I think it must be difficult. Yeah,
1: when you... I know what you mean. There's a mm. dichotomy of, of all yeah. this, uh, yeah, the kind of yeah, you couldn't do the things your friends were doing. You you had to. There was some reservation. You mm-hmm. know, they yeah, they're, they were doing other things, drinking, for example, alcohol, and, and you know, you couldn't come home drunk. There was absolutely no chance. And I've never been a big drinker. I mean, I occasionally have the odd beer, you know, and experiment a little bit. But, but you know, what would happen? Because you said I would they just would just get just in trouble. That. Yeah, they would just yeah, get it in. The what ear. does that mean? I mean, okay, no, I would, no, uh, no food or no. No, would Just be just get it in the neck. Mm. You know, uh, you, you know be, then be questioned every step of the way. What are you doing? Where are you going? So you would be put under more surveillance. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. So uh, to avoid that, but there's many times I would just sneak out the window at mm-hmm. night, just mm-hmm. climb out my window uh, mm-hmm. and where we lived in Stirling uh, and just drop down and then go out. And sometimes I'd even take my dad's car without him knowing about it and go and meet my friends. Mm. You know, come back at three in the morning and then climb back up. There'd be times where I'd be hiding by. My it was one time I remember I came home and it was very very it was I'd been out partying I came home at six in the morning mm. after a good night's party and my dad was going to work and I just managed to park the other car or his car because I had the spare keys and he was coming down the steps so I had to hide that behind another car till he took that car away before I could get out from behind the car and go go in the door mm. you know it was a bit <laughs> <laughs> so it was this kind of teenage years you know they did this yeah, crazy stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean I think I mean in in some way you know I can I can Yeah. I can co- connect uh, I can, I to know it what you're getting. But like, but I, g- I but I never I never really it never obviously my parents didn't want me to drink when I was 12 or 13 but they were also the ones that that bought me my first six pack of beer when I was 16. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, but, and, and and it didn't really matter what kind of girls I brought home. You know, my mom would measure the shoe sizes to see if it was the same girl as last week and whatever. You know, and and but.
1: You try to say you brought a lot of girls home. No, <laughs> I didn't think so. No, oh. but and uh, I know what you're getting at. Yeah, it was the, it was a strange like you. It was it were just hiding things. Mm-hmm. So you were, you were mm-hmm. not. So what I mean, if you want to take this to a very kind of uh, uh, sp- I don't know uh, uh, psychological uh, level, then yeah, you were masking. You were hiding. You were mm-hmm. you were pretending to be something that you're not. Mm-hmm. You couldn't be authentic. That's the word I'm
0: looking. For. Yeah, and that I just I'm very curious about it. I mean, not that we need to dive into that any deeper here, but uh, it, it just must be challenging when you're also kind of discovering yourself as a teenager. But so you go to university, you take that um, real estate, this land survey, land economics. D- yeah, like, and 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 then the surveyor certified surveyor degree. Yep. Why real estate? Or you know, was there? Because I think you told me that you wanted a really like down-to-earth, boring business so that it couldn't go bankrupt or whatever, you know? Well,
1: yeah, no, Well, actually before, I mean, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Again, kind of ties into I don't plan too far ahead. So mm. people say, well, what do you want to be? And of course, I wanted to be a pilot or a football player when I was younger mm. and realized I wasn't that good at football compared mm. to the other guys. Yeah, so I was like, well, that's not going to happen. Uh, and then, uh, my mum had health problems most of her life with her eyes, Mm. so, um, I and that obviously, uh, was probably the push that I'm I'm going to go into the profession of being an optician, Mm -hmm. um. But then I, I it didn't quite work out. I got the grades to get in, so you had to do you, you know you did your grades at school, and you had to get certain level to get into certain uh, university degree. So I I got a condi- uh, conditional offer to do this what is called a course called ophthalmic optics in Glasgow, mm. which was uh, at that we lived in Stirling, which is like uh, uh, forty miles north, so like sixty kilometers north of Glasgow. Mm. At that point, so I w- uh, So we lived in this beautiful town called Stirling, um, with a huge castle, by the way. Mm. And uh, and uh, it didn't work out it, 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 something with the application. They actually didn't turn, they did, they asked me for an interview. Mm. I went to the interview, and the guy who was meant to interview me, who was the head of the department, he didn't turn up mm. for the inter- So I went to Spain, arrived two three hours waiting for him. Mm. It was in the summer. It was the summer months, and I thought, well, the guy can't even bother to. I'm not going to go to this course. It was really like that. And at the same time, I think my my mum had her younger brother, her half brother. He was an engineer. He'd been studying engineering, civil engineering, mm. and he was like one of the first guys. And he had, actually he had a, he had a big influence on me my uncle. Actually, just generally, football, mm. music, mm. Uh, university. I saw him go to university, so it's that kind of thing. If you have someone to look up to, mm. so my mum's brother, our yeah, her, yeah. So not uh, yeah, her brother. Because she has two brothers, but the older of the two, he he did quite well. He was quite smart. He was good at sports. I basically followed his. I used to look up to him. Mm. He was like an idol of mine. I mm. um, wasn't that much older than me. Maybe five years older than me. So we mm-hmm. used to even hang around together, play football. You know, uh, he used to take me out occasionally to the clubs when I was seventeen, when mm. I was below age. But anyway. Um, So he had done a degree in civil engineering. Mm. He mentioned another course at the same university or it was actually a college at that point. It doesn't matter. It's too Mm. technical. So he mentioned another course. He said, look, this is a good course. Look into this because I asked his advice. Mm. You know, uh, so I was, you know, applying for engineering courses, engineering and law and things like this, and this one had a very good reputation in Britain, not even in Scotland. Mm. Many well-known, you know, not well-known, it was like a rugby player who went there, but that's by the by. But, uh... there was a good chance of getting a job, and that was obviously important to do a degree, get a job. You know, you're you're put down this you're channel. Set. You're set you're, for you know, life. You, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, you've got to do a degree where you can get a job. I, or my parents want me to be a doctor, obviously, because mm-hmm. I'm Pakistani by background, but I didn't have the grades. You know, you have to be a straight-A student to get into medicine, you know, and it's hard. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I, don't, I didn't even want to be a doctor, you know, so but, I, so. but they were fine. So my options were go to university or run the shop. Mm-hmm. And even when uh, when I finished my degree, was I could still run the shop, or I could go and get a job, and yeah. I would make more money probably running the shop, but it's bloody hard work, mm. and I never. And you would have it.
0: to deal with your dad, and I'd as have
1: well. to deal with my dad, and mm. have to deal with customers, mm. and I'd be on my feet twelve hours a day, and blah blah blah, and I'd be with my parents. I was like, no way, time to escape, and so this this university was far enough from home, mm. and I went there in 1989, I think it was, mm.
0: to start this land economics mm. degree, and th- and that kind of. Like and then you go on that field trip, here yes. in ninety three. Ninety
1: three, yeah, and, was a great field trip.
0: And uh, and then you come here permanently in ninety six, seven, 97. No, in ninety seven. Sorry, uh, and 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 you had met your wife already then, or you no met her when you came here? I met her in ninety. Well, we we start we got
1: together in ninety eight, uh-huh. but uh, I did meet her in ninety seven. But I know I didn't meet her in ninety three. No. She's four years younger than me, yeah. but. Uh, uh, so uh, we came in 93 on a field trip for mm. like two, three days. I was uh, well, I was like, wow. You know, we were seeing markets which are opening up. Mm. We visited, I mean, most of these buildings didn't, you know, these modern buildings, they didn't exist. There was one office building of, in, of in any ground, note. Yeah. There was a couple, smaller, refurbished ones. And our university lecturers had agreed for us to meet certain companies. There was British companies had come because of the tradition of surveying and real estate advisory. Mm. Most of the they saw the opportunity of these open markets, so they would send someone over from the UK, mm. predominantly, you know, some some guy from one of the offices put their hand up and say, "I want to, I am interested to work in Czech Republic." Was not by '93, it was Czech Republic. The mm. the the, uh, the velvet divorce had happened with Slovakia, mm. um, so there were offices opened by British firms, even mm. one Scottish firm actually, one one that. I, didn't work at for at the time when I moved here. Mm. But there was even a Scottish company here called Rydens. So mm. it was DTZ, the one I did come to work for, were here in '93. So we came on this field trip. We met these real estate people. We met the local city planner. Mm. So I think uh, Jan Castle was his name. Mm. or not planner actually he was a head it was the mayor of prague one or the mayor even of prague uh, we were the mayor of prague mm. so we met these people We were taken around and we had a mini bus because we came on a bus all the way from scotland so we got a ferry <laughs> from the north of england <laughs> uh, overnight and we went to rotterdam and then from mm. rotterdam we made our way all the way to prague over a couple of days via berlin dresden mm. and came here and we had this tour and it was wow opening and prague was just like Beuri- like beautiful. beautiful. It was just mm-hmm. like a step back in time. And it you can imagine there was very few tourists there mm-hmm. here. There was very few shops. Only Benetton was on Napsikopé. Misselbeck didn't exist. Palladium didn't exist. Yeah. Most of these office buildings didn't exist. Um Yeah, in 93, it just smelled differently. And,
0: and was that when you... Did you know then that you wanted to come here again? Or you know... It probably... Uh, I, I don't know. I don't think so, but I, without a doubt, it it's put a, in a mind. seed in my planted
1: yeah. a seed, um, and it wasn't. was the was fact that we you know there was an opportunity to work mm. in another country. Mm. Take take your profession and go abroad, and so I I kind of at some point when I was in Scotland, I thought the big the world, the world is bigger. Why mm. right? and oh by the way, we went to berlin dresden mm. poland even we went to stettin one time mm. the year before we'd been in berlin as well not only 93 but 92 our university was very good mm. with these trips mm. and it was paid for by the university mm. they took us to berlin and we went to i think we went to poland for half a day to stettin on there was like a um, shipbuilding town mm. city mm. right on the border of germany so mm. and it was like very basic i remember like Mm. Like nothing in the department store. We couldn't spend the money that we had switched into Zwatis, probably, and from Deutsche Mark at that point. So, anyway, to get back. So, '93, mm. I'm here with mm. this. A- 18, 18 other students, most of them guys. And we're like, I would, you know, we, we do the tour through the day and then we go out and, and we're drinking like and drinking. Party, and Rados had just mm. opened and we're trying to meet Czech girls. And, mm-hmm. all, and they're trying to talk to them and buy them drinks and okay we were only here two nights so there wasn't too much we didn't we went out oh, but the city itself just let's just talk about the experience uh, the, you know it was just wow this is just mm-hmm. different trabant more trabants the smoke the smell of the, the the diesel or whatever the oil the two stroke engines mm-hmm. uh, the greyness of Prague you could just see it just needed to be cleaned a little bit and it was starting to happen, Old Town Square and mm-hmm. we just thought wow this is fairyland and then you remember the NXS video. That was shot here mm-hmm. uh, and the, the the Tom Cruise video uh, movie, sorry, uh, Mission, Mission Impossible, Impossible, when he ran uh, across the old town square. And he like, Yeah, yeah, I think it was r- out around about that same time, mm-hmm. or maybe after, probably after, but it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was after, probably. But 19. then,
0: uh, but, so you came
1: here, and so, uh, so yeah, so last three uh, years. Sorry to ramble on. Uh, Mr. Tom Cruise. <laughs> Not me. Uh, so went back. You said so,
0: that when we took the photo, though? No, no, no. Uh, no Brad no. Pitt.
1: No. no, no, I said the, the picture, we'd, we, why we worried about this photograph, it's not as if we are Tom Cruise, you know. You ah, was we talking about yourself. I was talking about, of course, <laughs> you know, you you are one handsome man, uh, um, uh, ex-model. Uh, anyway, yeah, so go back, 93, finish my degree, start my career in the UK, working in England and Scotland, and then have this kind of wanderlust or bug to try something different. And what it kind of reminds me a little bit of is like my grandparents, again, mm. they You know, it's kind of like they move from a country to a different country. Now, at that time in 97, when I was moving here, I was not thinking like, but then in reflection, I think I was an immigrant child over there. My grandparents had moved to Scotland. Mm. My parents as well. My parents had moved to Scotland. Okay, they were in their teenage years. And then I did the same. I moved away. Mm. And but I moved away probably for reasons of getting away and getting freedom from yeah
0: be, be running away so that you can actually start living the life start that living you yeah
1: be, try to be you know a bit more yeah honest to yourself but even those words weren't in, even in my head at the time for on, me it, on honest to yourself yeah, yeah yeah it was for me it was just about enjoying life uh, having a new experience and working in a new market it was just mm. exci- it was just different it was it was just it was just something different and it, it was it seemed like a nice city to come and live in. Uh, The real estate market was establishing. It was just like, yeah, it seems like a... It wasn't even think this would be a great career move because I thought, I'll do it for two to three years and then I'll go back to Scotland. Yeah, That was the original plan. Because when I sat my parents down in 97, in May, because I came in May on a week's holiday to see a friend. Mm. And I asked her, does she know any companies looking? And she said, speak to DTZ. I met the guy who happened to be Scottish Mm. who was in charge. We met, he offered me the job. He was looking for someone like me. The other guy had left, blah, blah, blah. And uh yeah, came back, resigned in a job that I hadn't been in very long, seven months. And they were like, Really? You just joined us, you're leaving again? I said, Well, I have this opportunity. I told me you I know, sat my penis down over at some point, said, Look, I'm gonna go to Czech Republic. I wanna go there. And they're like, No, don't go. My mom's like, Where is this Czechoslovakia place? You're still calling it. well, mm. fair enough. Everyone called even some people today call it Czechoslovakia, mm. so forget in ninety uh, seven. When my mom mm. called, she's like, "I don't know where this place is." You know, my mom's only ever been in Scotland, England, or Pakistan. She's never been Spain or Greece or anywhere mm. else. She's only like, she's just no idea. Mm. Czech Republic, Czechoslovakia. I mean, she's be, she had been here after I moved here, but before yeah. that, I was like, "That's somewhere over there where Russia is." You know, it's like mm. communists and like, why do you want to go there? I was like, "It's an opportunity." I explained it to I explained it to them. It's an opportunity, and they were they weren't very happy about me going here, coming here. But I went anyway. Uh, mm. so I thought I'll go and uh, I'll be said to mum, look, I'll be back every you know three four months to see you. Mm. Um, so I came in ninety seven, yeah, thinking I'll be
0: here for two three years and I'll go back. And you and you, you meet your future wife or then to become wife. Yeah, She's not Muslim. No, she's Czech. So not my religion. Is, yeah. Yeah.
1: Agnostic believes in something, but not not practicing any religion Uh though. And also from some element of uh, Jewish ancestry in her side, which is interesting as well. Which Mm. is fine; it's Mm. no problem with that. But you know the kind of Muslim Jewish thing.
0: Yeah, has not been. uh, It's like water and oil. Yeah, a
1: little bit, unfortunately.
0: Um, but how how was that? Because I mean, like, yeah, you, you, you could not. uh, Would you have? Would you have met a woman like her in, in, in Scotland? In what sense? With the family pressure or, or oh,
1: the Oh yeah, it could have happened. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, look, when I moved here, I, I wasn't looking for a, for a wife or anything. No, no, no. no. Just, but it, things happen. Things happen. I was, you know, I, I was old I was 25, 26, 26. Mm. I was 26 when I moved here. So I was just here for experience, career experience and mm. just life experience. Mm. Um, yeah, the, it's feasible that if I'd stayed in Scotland, I could have met a say white Scottish girl or even not white Scottish girl, mm. and, and married them of my own choice. It's very possible. Mm. Um, I didn't know because I didn't stay in Scotland to find out. Mm. But yeah, but the one interesting or one relevant fact is yeah, around about that time, my mom had started to look for. Around about 96, 97, my mom started to talk more about me getting married. Mm. And there was even a c- couple of introductions with girls who'd been born in Scotland like me. There was never any... I, w- I was always sure I was never going to marry a girl from my mom and dad's country mm. who was born in Pakistan,
0: raised in Pakistan. But now, you could never man, you could never say this straight up. No, off. no, I could
1: say that. No, My mom and dad were fine about that. They were like, yeah, you need to buy... Bar- probably marry someone with similar background. Now, my parents were in that way open-minded and thought, no, it would be a, mm. too much of a, you know, he's too different. He's not, he's not Pakistani, Pakistani. He's Scottish, mm. really. I mean, look, at. I mean, just listen to my voice, for mm. God's sake, mm. you know. Um, so but just not even my voice, but how I think. Mm. I'm, I'm a product of my, my environment. And my parents, fortunately for me, were... Understanding to that fact. Mm. Even though it wasn't discussed, they all said, no, no, you don't need to marry someone from Pakistan. Even though you, your friend's brother did and our, your second cousin did, you don't need to do that. You just need to marry a good Muslim girl. Yeah, but it's a Muslim. I
0: had to be a Muslim. Pr- yeah, first thing,
1: Muslim. Second thing, preferably Pakistani. Mm. So she could be Muslim Kenyan or Muslim Indian. uh But I'm pretty sure if I brought back a Muslim Nigerian, they wouldn't have been that happy. Because in them themselves, they, they had their own prejudices. Mm-hmm. You know? So let, let's let's call it as it is. It, it should have been Muslim Pakistani of some reputable family, but the girl mm. had some good no, no reputation. You know, wasn't known for going to be a fun girl. Mm. So it was really hypocrite. So your son could do this, and they kind of un uh, kind of knew that because you know you know. I was a young, like any other young guy, you know, It's it, they were not na- naive. My mom knew roughly, but she just like, she knew I just had to go out and, and enjoy myself. And it, it would just kind of uh, filter out of my body. I would, uh, you know, get get bored of, you know, partying, you mm-hmm. know, uh, but let me get it out of my system. Type mm-hmm. of thing. Probably that's how she thought of it. And he'll settle down and he'll marry that girl. And it wasn't even a case of you have to marry her and bring her home and live with us. My mom would joke about that, mm-hmm. knowing it would wind me up. But it was more like just marry someone who's Muslim and Pakistani so we can keep the uh, honor in the, in the society that we live in. So your aunties and uncles won't talk about us or the wider society, Pakistani uh, community won't talk about us in a bad yeah. way. Like, look at your son. He's married some white girl, Scottish girl. Yeah, but girl. that's
0: what you did. You married a white Czech girl. Yes. And how, how, how did you bring that news to your family? I told them that's what I was going to do, and they weren't happy about it. But how were they not happy about it? I mean, Did they protest it, or did they... No, I mean, so so I, so I meet my wife, Sharka, in 1998.
1: Mm. We start dating. So we're going out together. Eventually, even Sharka moves in with me. And your parents knew about no, her? No, no, oh. they didn't know. Uh, when my mom came, came to Prague... I think Sharka and I weren't living together at that point. I had a flatmate. Uh, came to, we had a dinner with some people and I invited Sharka to that dinner. So mm-hmm. it was my friends and Sharka, who was the only girl there. There wasn't many friends. It was maybe me, one Scottish friend who lived here. My sister had come over. Sharka mm-hmm. was there. And we just said it was a friend of Kenny's, mm-hmm. the, other, who, the guy who was living here. And later on, when I did eventually tell my mom, she knew it was that girl from the restaurant. Mm-hmm. We went to an Indian restaurant as well. Mm-hmm. funny enough one, it was one on Pajishka back then Jewel of India I remember it was a good one mm. uh, we went there for dinner I, what year was I can't remember what It was probably 2003 or something like that mm. my mum was here
0: so on. you've been dating for, for five years before your mom meets her
1: uh, unbeknown to my mum yeah. yeah so it was May 2000 yeah my mom met her four years in or something I can't remember the year but it was something 2002 or something mm. my mum had been visiting me with my sister and my niece and nephew were here as well and they came for the for a week or five day, I don't know. But then, anyway, so we had this dinner and uh, in the restaurant. And so I just wanted Sharka to see what, the, what my mom was like. Mm. And uh, yeah, so Sharka came to but You know, we didn't kiss or hug or anything at the
2: dinner. Mm. <laughs>
1: we didn't introduce her as my girlfriend. My sister knew. My sister knew. Mm. Uh, but uh, my mom. So mom didn't. So then in uh, 2004, I think early 2004 or late 2003. Uh, I tell my parents, look, I'm not going to do the traditional thing. I met a girl. I want to marry her. Because there was a lot of questions. When are you going to get married? You should mm. come home and or even get married and move your wife out there. Mm. And we found this nice girl for you and you should meet her. I was like, oh God. You can mail her to you. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, Or <laughs> yeah. You, you know, send you a photograph. Come over and have a coffee with her. mm you know, I like, no, I'm not so sure about that. Mm. Uh, so I just came, and Sharka was saying, like, well, what's happening? We are going out together now for five years, and like, what's the future? I'm not hanging around here waiting for you to make a decision. Mm. And the, and that this reminded me of a girl I dated before I moved from Prague, and she, this other girl, the Scottish girl, she left me because I couldn't make a... a, a commitment. Commitment, yeah. Mm. And the girl at the time said to me, uh, look... Be open, you know, but don't do it for me," she said. "Do it for yourself, because look at you—you're—it's tearing you apart." Mm. She was very, and mm-hmm. she, very wise of her to say that. Mm. So, so uh, she split with me because she's like, "Well, I'm not hanging around waiting for this idiot mm-hmm. to make up his mind, and he's—you know—he can't take me home, and well, he can come over to our house and mm-hmm. wherever and meet the family. I can't, you know, and he's not." Uh, she probably thought, "Well, there's not much future," but maybe there was other reasons. Maybe, um, she, didn't li- maybe she didn't like my jokes.
0: But I liked you. She was willing to hang in there. Yeah. Sharka, uh, yeah, you know, liked me, <laughs>
1: and uh, she was willing to hang in there. Yeah, she was. Yeah, credit to her. Well, And, to well, and her. so,
0: what did your parents say when you told them?
1: Uh, all the usual things. Oh, it won't work. Not only is she, oh, so, <laughs> my mum made this comment. Not only are you not marrying a Pakistani girl from Scotland, but you're marrying someone from Czechoslovakia. Mm-hmm. If at least, if you are going to marry non-Pakistani uh, Scottish? Marry a white Scottish girl, please. Mm. Don't marry someone from some former Eastern Bloc country from Czech Republic where we visited once. Uh, and that girl from the from the dinner, oh, she's not good enough for you. And, you know, you. it's like, well, how do you know her, mum? You know, whatever. She would just want me to not do it. And then, you know, would get my, I don't know, my sisters to speak to me. Get my auntie to speak to mm-hmm. me. Get my uncle to speak to me. Try to talk me out of it. Mm. Say, I'm not, if you do this, I'm not going to talk to you again. So, I, and then I brought Sharka over I, So I I didn't tell tell my parents I wanted to marry Sharka face-to-face. I told them by phone. Mm. And then I said, look, I'm coming over with Sharka. Mm. So in early 2004, Sharka and I make a trip to Scotland to see my parents. And Sharka stays in our house. By all accounts, uh, the door is not closed on our faces. She stays in our house in a separate bedroom. She meets my parents. We discuss it with them. But they're still not happy. Mm. And they're saying, don't do it. In, and and Sharka hears that or Yeah, yeah, they they explain to her, Look, you're culturally too different. And then they say, Okay, if then they realize that we we're gonna do it irrespective of them. Then they said, Okay, then we will call the priest tomorrow and you will have a Muslim ceremony here. Mm-hmm. And we'll just do it like a shotgun wedding almost, with mm-hmm. with no pregnancy involved. Um and I look at Sharka and I'm thinking, Okay. So Sharka and I discuss this privately, and Sharka says, Look i I'm not Muslim because she would have to convert to Islam she mm. said i'm not muslim I, I'm not christian i'm not you know I believe in something but I'm agnostic say and I'm not comfortable with uh converting to Islam just for the sake of getting married mm. and I said i'm not going to do anything that will make you feel uncomfortable and i'm not comfortable about it either mm. so I'm not going to do it either so but first I asked shark i said what do you think she said no, i'm not doing it I'm, I'm i'm not going I'm not having this uh um you know, the shotgun wedding to please your parents and and have to convert to Islam. I'm not Muslim. I'll be just saying something. Mm. I'll be just saying words. Yes, you know, you read a prayer and the guy, you know, and you become Muslim. She goes, yeah, I'm just saying, what's the point of that? And she made a very good point. I said, I totally agree. You know, it's just bullshit. Mm. So we went back to the parents and said, no, we're not doing the Muslim ceremony either. Mm. And? Not happy. And then the, 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 the sad thing after that, so we come back to Prague, Shark and I, uh, thinking, okay, it didn't go very well, uh, and that must have been I don't know March, say roughly, mm. two thousand four, April, then uh, around about that time, so mm. February, probably February.
0: April I don't think anyone is going to follow the calendar on this. Yeah, we're, we're all over the place. I <laughs> know.
1: <laughs> yeah, forgive me. Um, April, my at some point, my dad mm. goes to pa- my dad at that point had bought a farm. Not that he was a farmer, but it one of his business ideas. <laughs> and I remember telling him not to do it. But yeah, usual, you don't listen to, to anybody else. He buys a farm in Pakistan. Mm. Before this, so he's, he goes to visit his farm. That's what he has the farm. He goes to his farm. Uh, and unfortunately, he has a heart attack at the mm. farm. So we're over in, say, February. By April 4th, my dad died. I mm-hmm. got the call. I was in, in Prague. Uh, I have to, You have to come over to Pakistan. Your dad has died. My sister went over from Scotland. I went. I had to go via Scotland to get a visa. It doesn't matter. And in the culture of Pakistan and Islam, uh, people who die, they get buried very quickly after they die. Mm-hmm. Usually the preferable thing is within 24 hours yeah. so that your soul can go to heaven until yeah. then it's trapped. So until you're in the ground. So uh, I didn't make it to the formal funeral because I got there two days late. Two days after he died, mm. so he was already in the ground. So I didn't really get to say goodbye to him. Uh, and the last time was I saw him was this argument about Marion and yeah, yeah. And even though we hugged, he was still telling me, look, don't do it. It will hurt yeah. your mom." Yeah. you know. And by then our relationship had been a, was a lot better because I would come back from Prague, from the '97 up until 2004. When he saw me, he was happy to see me. He'd hug me. I was like, "Well, you know, <laughs> was he hugging mm. me for mm. again." But we were much. We closer closer yeah mm-hmm. and uh, we would joke about things and my dad had a good sense of humor he liked to talk about football and politics mm-hmm. uh, he was, about, he was a very bi- it's
0: a bitter end in a way that yeah, the
1: last yeah. moment is is yeah, he was telling me not to do it you know mm. you're you know you're kind of a serve you know he was even he was quite respectful to Shark and he said he's look it's not against you it could be any girl sitting here mm. but this is our traditions this is the way it goes and we're just not happy it's not you personally it could be any girl it's because mm. you're not Muslim. And she's, and you don't want to convert. And we're not going to force you. So what's, we're never going to be happy about this. Mm. And to the extent, so when I so I got married in 2004 in August. Mm-hmm. Shark and I got engaged in March. We got married in August. My mom didn't come to the, my dad had died. Mm. My I have three sisters. There was a huge thing about who's going to come. My mom said, I'm not coming to the wedding. She gave pressure to my sisters not to go to the wedding. Mm-hmm. Uh, my elder sister didn't come because she was a bit traditional. And also, my mom was putting pressure on her, blackmailing her a little bit.
0: But my other two sisters came mm-hmm. to the
1: wedding in Prague in August in
0: 2004. Was. Uh, I think Sharka should get a medal. She never at some point said, What the fuck have you dragged me into?
1: No, she didn't. No? Not to my face. Okay.
0: I mean, it's a. Uh, because it's. um. I mean, how old are you when you get married? You are... 33. Yeah, I mean, you're not like... It's not like you're 18 or something. Yeah. It's That's, um. So why do you ask about the age? No, I mean, like... Um, From a maturity point of view? Yeah, or or, uh, like, and, and when the parents kind of let go. Yeah, 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 no, exactly. And it's just such a different... These traditions are so alien to me because... When I, you know, for me, as of I don't know twenty one, I could just do what fuck I wanted, and no one could tell me what to do. Of course, I would run home for help if I needed to. But uh, so I'm, I'm. It's it's just it's a, and it's a long time. It's from ninety seven, ninety eight to two thousand and four, where it's. Well, it's even from teenage years if you go back. That yeah, yeah, that. but with her, you know, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I'm saying yeah, she yeah. should get the medal, you know, because she's stuck with it, you know.
1: I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast.
0: Yeah, uh, but uh, how did this? This is a lot of pressure. There's a lot of anxiety. This is a lot of you. You're lying to yourself. You're, you're, you're not being, or let's say, you're not being honest to yourself. You're not being honest to your parents. Yep. You're hiding. Yep. Uh, and you're actually having someone that you love being come come somehow on board on some sort of a theatrical. She obviously thought it was worth it. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But how did you feel? I mean, did, oh, how did? Oh, I mean, terrible! Oh, it was it was a horrible get, time. Oh, oh, I got.
1: It was a horrible time. I remember, yeah. It was thinking back about it, the the anxiety, uh, the it
0: must eat you from the,
1: the stomach inside. pain. I would get stomach pain. Yeah. And it was just butterflies and pain and stress in my stomach. And uh yeah, I I it, it probably it, it? It, it brought out it brought out. I started I, I mean I got down I got anxious. I got very anxious. Mm. Uh I went to see a doctor. I went to see a therapist because mm. I was so anxious. Mm. I was like I had, I probably had a panic attack. Mm. But I didn't even know what it was. Mm. I remember and I went to see someone and the the person wasn't even a therapist. There wasn't a trained so it was a nutritionalist. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to the, it wasn't because it was just someone that was recommend. I didn't know what, I didn't know what to do. I probably didn't know. So I went to see a nutritionalist about three or four times and I thought this. And I, then I probably, and I said, that, I'm, I'm sure I must have asked, you know, are you trained to do this? Yeah, 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 no problem. In fact, that person was on Czech television doing nutritional advice on a television program. But at that time in 2004 or whenever it was, mm. uh, yeah, because it was a post-wedding, probably a pre-wedding. I can't remember. I know I, mm. I was having stress because of this whole thing that you just mentioned, this uh, pressure, this not uh, complying uh, mm. with the culture of my parents and this had been ingrained in me since i was a kid that this was, was going to mm. happen and then i said you know what well, i'm not doing it mm. and all the pressure mm. all the family pressure siblings aunts cousins people calling me saying what are you doing you know i had my favorite uncle calling me say, don't do it omar writing me letters that's uh, I, crazy i was like and even uh, sharka knows this and i said look at the wedding pictures i look like a rabbit in the headlights. I don't mm. even look well. Mm. In fact, on our honeymoon, on the first day, I got a really, I got really on the way to the honeymoon, all the way over flying in the honeymoon, I had a really bad cough, a really like bron- bronchitis kind mm. of. I had to as soon as we landed in Sri Lanka, I had to go to the doctors, mm. and I think it was accumulation of all the stress, the wedding stress, mm. the fact my mom didn't come to the wedding, mm. my sister, my dad had died, and and people would say that the wedding is your happiest day of your life. Yeah. Uh, well, not everyone would say that. No, when people would say that it, mm-hmm. is, it is a magical day, like mm. it's a special day. Like, it's supposed to and be, sh- and and it was a very well-organized it was, well organized day. Was I was wearing my kilt? There was bagpipes. We had a fanta- beautiful garden. We had nice, you know, friends flew in from all over the world. Czech friends, foreign friends, you you know.
0: Yeah, but you are still feeling. My mom's the not day. there. My mom's yeah. not
1: there, and one sister's not there. Mm. And I knew even if my mom was there she would not feel comfortable and I wouldn't feel comfortable. So in some ways it was good that my mom wasn't there because at least I could enjoy some of it, you know, mm-hmm. but I, but I, so I enjoyed my wedding in the sense that, but I look at the photographs of it when they're in our house. Now you, if you go there, um, you'll see them on the show. And I just look at my photograph and go, I look like a ghost.
0: Mm-hmm. But I, I, now if I, I like kind of, when I hear this, I mean, you're still married. Yes, I am, yeah. And uh, how how is the, the relationship with your mom and your older sister? How, how did that kind well, of...
1: Well, it repaired at some point. It slowly repaired. Mm. I think I went back and held out the olive branch and then slowly... And then the kid came. We have three kids now, but our eldest was born in 2006. Mm. And I think with the first grandchild that helped too but it was already starting to mend there's a lot of lo- the, the, my mom passed away last year in march mm-hmm. so it's not very long since my mom died mm. um and and because i was the only son and this kind of you know golden son thing or whatever the thing that you mentioned which my mom would never say by the way mm. um, golden dick no <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't say asshole in front of my mom mm. she would uh, you know she would pin you to the wall she about she loved me Oh no she, she mm. no she would maybe like your beard and say you're handsome, but uh she wouldn't like the she didn't like us using you know profanity any mm. any shit was even a problem for her. Anyway, it doesn't matter mm. so uh yeah, so it softened and they often say grand, with grandchildren mm. um you know that helped so when Adam came, who's now almost fifteen mm. yeah, then and even before Adam she'd came come over and stayed with us when we were married, before we had mm. kids. Mm. And she had health problems, and Sharka organized her rehabilitation for her. She had a problem with her knees, her spine, she had arthritis, she mm. had poor eyesight, as I might have mentioned earlier, or did mention earlier. Mm. She had a catalogue, but we took her on a rehabilitation uh, program in a in a clinic outside of Prague, uh, for like 2 weeks mm. sharka organized the whole thing in fact sharka sharka me sharka and I we went there with my mom and we stayed there it was on site mm. so it was there for 2 weeks so the fir- first week sharka even stayed with us mm. And then Sharka had to go back to work and I stayed the second week. Mm. So I stayed two weeks with my mom uh, on, on this uh, clinic and Sharka organized that all. That was before the case. So you could tell that the, my mom was uh, softening and, and, and she like Sharka's got a great personality and, uh, and there was a lot of things in common, talking about cooking or the garden mm, mm, or just life in general. Mm. And uh, my mom was quite engaging. She was a comedian uh, or very jo- jovial. And so she... Kind of got over it in some ways. I'm, sure, but I'm sure if you ask my mom, if you could pick for your son, wife A, which would be the traditional yeah, yeah, one, yeah, she yeah, would yeah, pick yeah, wife A. Anytime, but did I she
0: know. tell you that that she was okay with this? Did did you have that reconciliation with her somehow? Not in words, just by actions. Uh huh. But was that enough
1: for you to? Yeah, I could tell my mom was hard. when she saw Adam and she the way she was with Sharka, how she would ask about her on the phone calls, mm-hmm. how she would praise her. About uh, her cooking abilities, or her abilities, uh, you know, whatever it was, yeah. or, or talk fondly about Sharqa's parents, or something she would say that how she's whatever she would be yeah. complimentary about her in some mm. way, uh, shape or form that she's organized or whatever it was. So she had a respect for Sharqa,
0: That's for sure and what about your sister the oldest one yeah come? her as well as yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, soon as they met her and got to know her mm. they, they they liked her fell in love with her in, in that sense of daughter-in-law mm. relationship
0: so I mean you're like um, I mean it's an interesting generation that you belong to in a way because you are you know, you come, or you're, let's say, you're born into and raised in an environment that is completely different to what your parents and grandparents came from, and and the, the, you're kind of the bridge between, let's say, the old traditions or the more traditional, conservative traditions, and then, yeah, Scottish society is is a different thing. I mean, yes. yeah, you have these two religions there: the, Dom, the, the Protestant and and the, and the Catholics, and and uh, but it's a it's a very kind of liberal society to to some extent. I mean like oh,
1: compared to yeah, Pakistan, Pakistan yeah, yeah. yeah. but and even uh, not
0: liberal in, in many other No senses. in many uh, in many other ways in especially the 70s, very 60s, yeah 70s. very very conservative. But uh, but I, I and then you know if if we look at your your story, you know, like in in <laughs> there's been a lot of pressure on you from very early age, you know, like a lot of expectation, you had to kind of step up and, and be re- the responsible guy in the household. Yeah. Um, in the absence of your father, or let's say, while your father was chasing his adventures. Yeah. And you were put under enormous pressure to, to follow a certain path that you knew probably from very early on you were not going to follow. Did you go to and see someone else than just a nutritionist about this? I mean, I, 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 I guess this has had a big, big impact on you. Well, when you put it like that, uh,
1: no surprise, you know, I, I did go and see a therapist. Yeah. Because, uh, um, but not until 2012, I think. Mm. So a long time had happened between all that and me realizing, because I started to feel down.
0: Yeah, but how... Okay. Yeah, I... I Because I'm curious, yeah, you started to feel down. But did you see any patterns in your life that you were? What prompted you to go in? Let's say that that you to to get to talk to someone
1: Uh, that you felt down or. Oh no! Yeah, I started to feel down or anxious or depressed, um, but not in the sense that I couldn't get out of bed in the morning, depressed, Mm -hmm. which unfortunately some people do. And I I didn't. I I had this, you know. horrible feeling in my stomach. I, I, I was losing enthusiasm for work mm. and, I, and I had just started a new job, mm. um, which created its own pressures. I took over a failing business or a business that was doing very badly and it was my responsibility to fix it. Mm. And I took on that role mm. and I had been working in a fairly, I wouldn't say high stress, but i say a stressful environment uh, and the, the 2008, um, crash had happened mm. after you know the great financial crisis after the lehman's brothers mm. and all this collateralized debts and situation so yeah so it was okay from the married the kid came 2009 the first kid it was a boy then another kid came not second boy daniel mm. uh, in 2009 uh, I had uh, my at that point my, my third job in the Czech Republic. I had a good job. I really liked it. I was traveling around the region, even to Spain to do transactions and uh, real mm. estate transactions in Barcelona. I was going to Bucharest. I was going to. Kiev, mm. interesting places, Warsaw, Krakow, whatever, you know, mm. Slovakia, Budapest. I was going to, traveling around, I had a regional job and I was mm. getting on a flight and it was that kind of, oh, isn't that cool to be, you know, flying around Europe, mm. going to conferences in Paris. But, you know, people who are doing it get very bored of it. I, quickly, I hate you know, it. Yeah, yeah. It's so, the
0: worst part of any job. Yeah, so, But
1: it's glamorous to people outside. Yeah, you know, it's don't, awful. Yes. Don't do it. If you're <laughs> listening, don't do it. So I had that job. I, not, not. I had pe- I know friends and colleagues of mine who travelled a lot more. So at that time, I was working with a, an Irish company. I really enjoyed working with that Irish company, and I'm still f- friendly with many of the people mm. from that time. But so I, I was distracted by my career. So I really kind of unknowingly threw myself into my career, trying to you know make my. And then it somehow caught up. Yeah, with it caught you. Up with me. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. So I took on this job, and then as soon as I started taking on the job, the I don't know. I realized the, the mountain of this new job, what it would take. It wasn't going to fix itself quickly. I wanted to fix tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I joined, you know, uh, and I, within three weeks, I said, you know, why is it not better? I was impatient. So, and then I started to feel this, uh, uh, things that I could do easily became difficult. Mm-hmm. I would look at a spreadsheet for an hour.
0: Without knowing what's
1: Without, on And it. then I would realize, yeah. what am I doing? I would yeah it was weird Mm -hmm. i didn't know what was happening i was like yeah but then what would happen was i would it would disappear for a while and i would be fine again for Mm -hmm. a month two months three months and then it would come back then it would be another week
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, i wouldn't know how to send an email or even i didn't want to i would avoid phone calls i wouldn't yeah i would be like don't they call me i don't want someone someone would come Mm -hmm. with me with a problem like oh not another problem to fix it's difficult enough Smallest things would start to irritate me, overwhelming Over, I was, I'm a perfectionist, so I mean I can't even match my own standards. Forget anyone else. Mm. Everything is not good enough. Mm. It can always be better and it's not healthy to be like that. So this kind of drive to be uh, a performer to and, and being in a macho corporate, well, yeah, relatively macho corporate where you need to have to some extent um, sharp elbows to get to the top and, and, and being from a young age, even at, uh, at the age of 29 here, I was made in charge of a business, mm. you know, of uh, r- a real estate, uh, co- corporate real estate, well not corporate, but a real estate business, commercial real estate business called DTZ. That was the youngest managing director they had. Mm. That look like, on CV. That looks fantastic. And, but at the time it was like, yeah, whatever, mm. you know, it's like, I will just get on with it. Uh, but, uh, so, so I had these kind of relatively senior jobs. Yeah. Okay. And I was not running, you know, uh, you know, I wasn't running, uh, you know, NASA or something uh-huh. like this or, you know, but I had, you know, from in my sphere, I had, you know, relatively good job. I didn't see mm. it. I just thought it's just another stepping stone. This is what you do. You know, you get promoted, you try your best, you keep your head down. But there was something nagging you. Yeah. Yeah, I st- yeah. And even in Scotland, I remember it was nagging me. There was, I felt like some mm. emptiness or mm. irritation. But then it, 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 so in, the, in those years, just to get back uh, uh, that 2000, so I started this new job. His business, he was hadn't been doing well. There was a lot to be fixed. Mm. And probably that started to overwhelm me a little bit. And then, you know, so I'm the kind of person, every failure I felt for the company, I would feel it personally. Thinking, mm. well, I didn't train the person well enough. I didn't check mm. that email or whatever. And every success, it was like, that was that was a minimum. That's what was so expected. So the mm-hmm. minimum. And uh and you could never say I'm not having a good day. If you meet any of your competition, of which you meet them, and we and the good thing about Prague real estate community is it's quite friendly. Actually, mm. we are competition, but many of us are friends. We drink together, we play football together, mm. or we do sports together, or we even uh, socialize together mm. uh, with checks and with non checks So it's it's kind of friend, and I like that. It's kind of kind of friendly environment, mm. even at the competition. But you can never say to your peer in the other business or you could say if you knew them well but everyone this is business this is not real estate this is just general you don't say how you really feel everything's good yeah we're doing fantastic oh it's brilliant Mm -hmm. even though you're in awe you've just lost a big contract Mm -hmm. but because you can't show you can't be vulnerable in Mm -hmm. that environment Mm -hmm. or you think you can't be vulnerable because it's seen as a weakness Mm -hmm. and uh, so I had the same thing so the same thing I was feeling shit I was feeling down but I had to show up Mm -hmm. nine o'clock Till 8 o'clock or 7 or whatever it was and mm. feeling like shit. Mm. And luck still somehow managing with the... Bringing in new colleagues, still somehow managing to make a success of it. And having a family. And having kids. And then another kid comes. So we have three kids now. Mm. A girl appears. Luckily not another boy. Mm. Uh, so we have our own princess. And uh yeah, and then you've got this uh, still nagging thing from the past. You're letting down the mm. people in Scotland. You didn't really do what... You, and that was... It was deep inside me. It's deep in my DNA. The clause of those uh, um, nurturing that I would gonna go down a certain path. I was mm. the only son, and I would do the right thing. And then letting people down, and that's one thing probably from my personality. I don't like letting people down. And I no, let- but
0: that's obvious. Obvious in your case. I mean, and, and even a nutritionist, is even a nutritionist would say that if a kid is given such a responsibility at a young age like you do. Then it builds a sense of responsibility okay. that is there okay. forever. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's You're just. Uh, cool. I it's didn't think of, of it like yeah, that. but it's Yeah. It's fair uh, enough. I mean, I mean, I'm not even a nutritionist. does And uh, <laughs> and, the, and but but I'm curious just because in some way, um, you, I mean, one could guess. Okay, you kind of ran away from it. Yeah. You knew you couldn't deal with it okay. there yeah. head on, so you kind of ran away. I mm. mean, maybe not a conscious decision, but it's there, and, um. But in the end, you couldn't really run away from it, because it kind of came with you, somehow. Yeah, so... And you worked on this, I mean, I guess you've been working on th- through this, because, I mean, this is not something that just... I don't know... on Disappears? The, on no, it doesn't. No, because no you're it's right. With no, it. it's always in the backpack. Yeah,
1: no, exactly, no, you, 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 you describe it well. So... I go and see a therapist, mm. yeah, a proper one this time. Mm. I don't go to a nutritionalist or mm. some someone selling snake oil in the corner or mm. know, whatever. Um, I find one on the internet and I go and have a chat. Mm. Funny enough, uh, it was Scandinavian. Mm. It, it, it was a lady, mm. uh, and she started to. I said I uh, described my feelings and described how I felt awful, uh, that I was losing enthusiasm for work, for life, and uh, although I was functioning on some level. But
0: yeah, we're just going through the motions. Somehow. Yeah, I was
1: going through, but I wasn't. Con- I wasn't happy. I wasn't mm-hmm. happy. Yeah, so that was. Mm-hmm. I was unhappy I said, "Well, oh, what should I do?" You know. So she kind of broke it down for me. Mm-hmm. And so one of the I remember, so we had a session once, and she asked me to draw a tree. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, I will draw a tree. So I drew a tree and gave her the paper, and she looked at it and she studied it for a couple of seconds, and then says, "You know what? This is what it means." So I drew the tree. There was no roots on the tree. Mm. It was just a tree. And so the rest of was fine. The tree, you know, the, the bushes, green, blah, blah, mm. blah. I don't know. If it was, I'd maybe I had colored pencils, probably I did. And she said, what it kind of tells me is that you have no roots here. Mm. And she would ask me, you know, how do you see life here? And I'd say, well, you know, I'm this Scottish guy of brown color, Pakistani Muslim background, living in Czech Republic. Uh, I don't feel part really of Czechs. I don't speak Czech that well. Mm. I was in a busy job. I had international clients. Uh, I didn't think I would stay here very long. I know these are excuses and it's may- may- it's my biggest bugbearer that I don't speak good Czech. I speak a decent level of Czech, but not business Czech. You know, I can go to the, to the restaurant and, and, and you could put me in the middle of Czech Republic and I can get the bus timetable and get mm. myself back mm. to Prague, you know. And you would expect as a bare minimum of someone who's been here since 1997. But I don't speak fluent Czech, unlike some of my friends, foreign friends who speak fluent Czech. Not many of them, but some of them mm. do. And... Um, so you don't have roots. I don't have roots, uh, and she explained this. You don't feel rooted here. Mm. Uh, you know, you you you've broken away from your family. You've had all this pressure. No wonder you're feeling down. You've, you're a you know you're pretty much from how you describe it to how I described her. You're a perfectionist. Not everything is uh, nothing is good enough. It can always be better, and you're always being hard on yourself. You need to let these things go. You know, sometimes as my one boss said to me at the time, sometimes Omar, good enough. Is good enough. Mm-hmm. You don't. It doesn't need to be okay. You can always be better, but sometimes you just need to accept it's good enough. And he gave me some good advice, but I never took his advice. Unfortunately, I wish I had. At the and time, you understood them later. I understood them mm. later. Sometimes you have to go through the pain, you know. So, so I had this. Uh, I, I had, and it was the whole thing about the guilt of letting my mother down. And my mom didn't let me forget it either. It's not as if, okay, she had made the uh, uh, olive branch and b- b- prepared a bridge that was a relationship with Sharka. But, you know, when my mom got angry and as she got more ill and depressed herself, she would bring it up. Yeah, you've abandoned me and all this. So it was like, oh, I, I didn't want to the call guilt, it the, the guilt, guilt card. and Because of our own maybe uh, situation. So she was projecting her own uh, issues to me and, you know, and... And, um, and, and to my sisters as well. As not if my sisters gone mm-hmm. away, you know, whatever my sisters did was never good enough. And they would be, uh, you know, doing hundreds of things for my mom, and she still would be complaining to me on the weekend. So it came to an extent I didn't even want to call her anymore. It was like, mm. oh God, it's a chore. It's not. It shouldn't be a chore to call your mum, you know. You should be like a happy thing. But unfortunately, we all have these things. And I'm yeah, th- know, some th- people I think have it worse. I'm, it's not, I'm not making a there's a, no, no sad story out of this. It's just the way it was. There's know? no perfect family. Exactly, nowhere, exactly. You know? uh, and you know, I had it better than most. You know, I'm not uh, uh, getting get get the violin out for me. This is not the point of the story. No, we have a guitar here.
0: But uh, but on the other hand, I guess you know because this. I can see where 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 this stress could come from that could kind of you know damage you yeah. and and luckily you did something about it you yeah, you yeah, yeah. you you realized it and okay I need to do something about exactly, this yeah. because that's the only way to kind of be able to live with this but I guess on the other hand you can also be thankful because as you said okay twenty nine year old you get a, a really good job you're you're the youngest managing director of, of for a real estate company here in, you know, and yeah a big and, real and, estate company and yeah. and uh, and I mean, I, am not, you know, I, I've, I've, yeah, I looked at your CV. I hate reading CVs, but I looked at yours and, uh, I mean, yeah, it's impressive. And, and in, in some way there were some work ethics hammered into you through this childhood yeah. and stepping up and taking the responsibility and so yes. on. And, and that g- gave you some sort of a foundation that I guess you're thankful for.
1: Yeah. That I kind of hard work. It. I'm I, yeah, I'm not scared to roll my sleeves up. Mm. If it needs to get, I know I'm I, I'm not a I'm not a great delegator, mm. uh, which is not a fantastic. Uh, or skill not to be a good deal because sometimes it's better to delegate. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I work hard. I'm a worker uh, to some extent. Uh, yeah, I would say I'm a workaholic. Mm. I like it even. I like real estate. I like property, so I enjoy it. So, mm. uh, and that's good. Uh, yeah, you know, I'd love to be a professional football player, but you know, I don't have the skills for professional football playing. But I have some skills <laughs> to be a real estate uh, consultant. Mm.
0: I think because I think it's often, you know, like it's it's often easier to how do you say get lost in the more of the negative effects of. Uh, challenging childhood and upbringing than it is to see the actually the positives and in this case your positive is it gave you work ethics yeah and no and yeah I don't
1: yeah I mean yeah when I look back and that's what I would say this to the and I would, even to myself I'm like look at you look at your like or I'd say to the therapist look what have I got to complain about? Yeah. You know, I, I'm successful mm. by, or, or by standards of, uh, if you look around, not that materialism is that important to me, you know, but mm. it probably was at some point in my life, but as I got older, it's, I don't, you know, I'm not less I, and less. Less and less. and mm. I'm not so materialistic. In fact, I'm going the other way where, you know, consume You're less, spending. consume less, just, you know, you don't need to have three You're, cars. You can, you can get the tram, mm. you know? So, um, yeah, I've lost my train of thought a little bit about this, but, uh, uh, you were on the tram because you don't. Want <laughs> I'm on the wrong tram, I <laughs> think. And um... now, anyway, uh,
0: uh, let me take that then because I wanted to, kind of, you know. Um, I, I find this very interesting. I mean, it's it's you live the secret life a big part of your life. Um, yeah, secret inst- from,
1: say, my loved ones yeah. at, uh, in the family yeah. unit and aunties and uncles yeah, you know, so who would ma- see me as a golden child, you know, he's done well yeah. from, look at your cousin and all this kind of stuff yeah. look at what Omar's, you know, it's like, stop it, you know and yeah. and not being able to take praise as well I don't know where that comes from, but I'd be very uncomfortable with being praised, mm. even anytime, even now, it's like, yeah, whatever it's like normal mm. It'd be, and it's, yeah, to get to your point, this foundation is like, it, it instilled some sort of work ethic in me and and just my personality or the environment of being in a corporate environment is like... See, when you do well, it's like this. See, when you do well, that's what's the minimum is expected to you. Mm. But mm. if you do badly, mm. now that's a different problem. I know. Doing well, so if you make your company money, that's what
0: they... That's if, where you're there for. Yeah, exactly. That's why they pay you. Yeah. If you lose it or you, you don't make them enough money, that that's... So you have that environment mm. like that where you are
1: judged by... Numbers, black or red numbers. Mm. And I kind of lost my love for the corporate culture. Mm. Even going back to that job in 2011, I had lost my love for the corporate culture. I thought it to be a false environment. Mm. I would criticize the values of the company not because they weren't good values, it's because the company didn't even live by their own values. Mm. Why would they have these values on the webpage but they couldn't demonstrate them? And I'm not picking on the company that I work for, I saw this ah, in other companies. Everybody. So I was thinking, this is mm. just false. Mm. And this goes back to this thing of being in this corporate environment. It's not an easy environment because of the, the alpha males and you know, mm. I would, to some extent, are, are one of those alpha males, I don't know, on the scale of being alpha male, I'm not at the top scale, thank God. You know, I like to think I'm at the bottom scale of being an alpha male, but at some point I've had to be an alpha male. I wouldn't have led these companies, you know, asked to even come. You know, I was Mm. phoned up. Can you come and uh, work for us type of thing? You know, I wouldn't Mm. if they didn't see me as the person who could do it. Mm. And luckily I had the CV to prove that I had the results to prove it. But in that environment, it's not a place where you can easily admit things aren't going well. Or, or you can be vulnerable. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah. No. I. I. I Everything is brilliant. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it has to be. And you always, you always have to keep a face. Exactly. But, um, but the most important thing is, is, is that you can be honest with yourself. Uh, for me, that you know, like I, I feel that that that.
1: So I. So okay, being honest with yourself. So I had this situation where I wasn't being honest with myself mm. due to this whole cultural thing, which we've mm-hmm. just gone through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we don't need to probably go over that. You know, uh, we've gone over that ground. So I was carrying that with me unbeknown to me. Uh, it was explained to me. Uh, and then you saw it. Okay. I see. It. I saw it. Yeah, you're correct. I saw it. I actually didn't even know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have it. So what, what, what do I do with this? Uh, and then it was the- like, you have to do more therapy. I'm like, Oh, bugger this. I'm not interested wow. in more therapy, but that was a mistake. Mm. Because then I stopped it, th- you know after 12 sessions or whatever I don't know how many there were, I stopped it, mm. and then only to realize I had to go back mm. and uh, you know three years later because I didn't resolve it
2: mm.
0: because I was flippant about it. Yeah, and I th- I think with a lot of these things like uh, because for for me I mean I I've 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 gone to some extent a similar path. I mean I I I, I had therapeutic help to resolve certain issues at a certain point in my life and. And luckily there, I learned, learned, you know, sort of a self recognition and 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 uh, self awareness that, but I constantly need to, that I need to have always somehow. Do you know what I mean? It's. work with yourself. Yeah, that that you know to be aware of my. The pitfalls, let's say, you know, and then, you know, some certain habits of, you know, thought processes and stuff like this that I kind of have to maintain. Okay. So
1: let's finish. So so I started this job in 2011. Yeah. So by 2017, I'm sick of it. Mm. I'm doing well. Mm. Companies making profit. We have a nice new office. We have new clients. We have new colleagues. We have better systems. We have better quality of our work. People are praising us in the market for punching above your weight. Look at you guys. Look Mm. at your profit margins. You know, one of the more successful businesses in this large organization in terms of you know on many um key kpis key you know mm. key performance indicator, we are, are doing well mm. my bosses are very happy with me mm. they, they see maybe bigger uh, roles for me in the future and this you know if i mm. or whatever it doesn't matter yeah it's mm. irrelevant maybe but i'm not happy mm. i'm like some days i don't want to go to the office mm. i'm like oh fuck mm. got to go there again Mm. So I start feeling down, and then I realize I need to do something. So in 2017, at the end, I go to my boss and say, I'm leaving. They say, What? <laughs> look, you're doing well. Why are you leaving? What can we do to make you stay? I mean, it's not about what you can do to make me stay. I'm not staying. Mm. So I have six months. So I say, Okay, fine. Let's they understand. They say, oh, look, I just need to leave. And they kind of I had good bosses. I had good people that I worked with. There's a good company that I worked with the last one. Mm. Yeah. They were good people, uh, and I like them. And we stay friends to this day. I'm glad of that. Um, and they say, okay, so you you have six months on your contract. You have six months' notice. Mm-hmm. We don't have a replacement for you. Mm-hmm. Will you stay your six months? I said, yeah, I'm not going to do anything crazy. I'm not leaving tomorrow. I have. I'm going to honor. I don't have another job. I'm mm-hmm. just leaving. Mm-hmm. I'm not leaving to work for the competitor or start my own business. I just need some time off. Mm-hmm. And he said, I said, look, I'm just not. I'm just not feeling great. I didn't explain in much detail. I just um, I didn't. I didn't feel I needed to explain. Uh too much. So i said, that I'm leaving. Uh, and I wanted to have a break. I thought having a break. So I didn't realize at the time that I have I was having burn I was burnout. That was this uh, anxiety, this depression, mm. this not wanting this feeling miserable in the morning, uh was just a form it was depression. It was depression, let's just call it what it mm. was. It was a form of depression. Okay, it wasn't I wasn't about to jump off a bridge. Mm. So it has it was burnout, but I didn't even know it was burnout, it was just like what's happening? Okay, I don't feel because mm. there would be times where I was fine. Mm. I was by on the paper. I was performing just inside. I was dying. So anyway, so I say I'm uh, leaving. I worked for six months and summer 2018. We have a nice leaving party, a nice presence. And I leave Mm. and I have six months off Mm. and I go traveling with the family. I go traveling on my own. I go to Lebanon Mm. uh, where I was supporting some charity. I I work with them for a little while in their office. and uh uh, yeah i go to scotland often i see my parents see my friends Mm. uh we have a university reunion so i saw some people I hadn't seen for ages which was nice uh and then comes at at the beginning of 2019 and i'm thinking six months off that's enough omar you know Mm. I, i meet a friend and they say have another six months six months is not enough you've been working all these years you need to let your brain settle and i'm like yeah whatever and then again, <laughs> then listen to to uh, some good advice, I thought oh, I need to get back in work. Again, it's this kind of environment that you have to keep. You have to keep going. It's like the the hamster on the wheel. You have to keep mm. going and going and proving yourself. And so I said, I have to get I have to get back into work because I'll I'll forget things or people will. I won't be relevant. Yeah, yeah, not so, relevant so, anymore. Yeah. So, but I knew I, I didn't know what. To, so I I don't want to work for these big corporates. I don't even want to apply for any jobs. Mm. I'll just okay. i I have some real estate skills. I had some contacts. I have a good contact. And he said, why don't, I've got a spare desk. Why don't you just bring your laptop and you know, you can use the reception and the meeting rooms and you know, you don't pay me any rent. If you make some fees, we'll somehow split them. But it was, he was so kind. Like he didn't mm. even talk about what he wanted. He just said, I like you Omar. If you want to sit in my office and he's a well-known, he's got a big company here. Mm. Uh, you can just use the desk in the corner. We will leave you alone. You know, type of thing. If you need a, a, a base, It was very kind of them you know Mm. you know i didn't even know the guy that well you know uh, it was not like he was my best friend it was somebody i would see once every year once a year speak every six months but he's a you know he's got a big heart he's a nice guy he said you can do that so i went and did that and that was uh 2019 Mm. um so i'm doing that on my own one-man show trying to set up a web page and all this kind of stuff, trying to get some business understanding. There's a whole type of work I could do, but I just said, okay, I'm just, I'm being involved, you know, mm. uh, not making much money. I'm using my savings to more or less survive, uh, which is fine. Cause I wasn't being so stupid. I, from my father's days, I put some money past for the rainy day. So I was using the rainy day money to, I've got three kids, you know, mm. fortunately, only one of them was at the fee paying English school. The rest were in, the other two, they didn't get the special treatment. The eldest one goes to the, the expensive school. The other two go to Czech school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but the, ex- the fees are, you know, whatever. They're 20,000 euros a year. You have to pay 25,000, whatever crazy money. And I'm thinking, how am I going to pay for that? Feed my kids, pay my mortgage, blah, blah, blah. So I started this in 2019 by, say, end of summer. It was like, again, the same problem. So I went to the guy. Same problem, I mean, in the sense that I'm feeling down again. I'm feeling I don't want to do this. I'm feeling anxious. Mm-hmm. Things that take me a second to do mm-hmm. are taking me hours to do. Mm-hmm. My brain was slowed down. And someone explained this to me, that you, this was your body needed a rest. You weren't giving it a rest. Mm-hmm. So it deliberately does this to you. So it makes you slow down. Mm-hmm. Because you aren't doing it. And so your body's like taking over mm-hmm. and slowing your brain. Because that that, that I only knew this only recently i only mm. read about this and i thought that that's what happened to me mm. things that i could do in a split second decisions i could make in a split split second or whatever you know a couple of minutes problems i could solve in my i would be like if that problem came at that point in my when i was feeling i, I was like oh this is the worst thing oh, i was like a mountain to climb but other day i could climb that mountain in one step kind of like to use metaphors mm. and to try and break it down so
0: So so basically it's kind of catching up with you again. It's catching it
1: comes back. So I explained to the guy who's gave me the desk that I have mm. to that I can't do. It. And he was very understanding. Mm. He said that's fine, I understand. It's okay. Mm. So and I and then and then I had a period of feeling shit mm. again. And all through the second or the last quarter of two thousand and nineteen, feeling awful, mm. not wanting to meet my friends. And I'm quite a social person. Mm not returning calls, deliberately avoiding gatherings of mates. Mm. Just about making it to the football tr- game on the weekends. And uh, then we go into early 2020, first quarter, just before corona. As it's starting, I get the call, mum's really ill, you have to come back to Scotland, she's going to die. Mm. So in uh, February, I fly back to Scotland, 2020, and then on March 14th, on 14th my mom passes away. Mm-hmm. But uh, and she was in a bad way. We were looking after her at home. It brought her back from the hospital. Her kidneys by this time had failed. She she had been had that she had diabetes for a while. So all these things over life had cut, compiling compiling. So mm. she effectively put her on a morphine drip, and it was just managing her death. But then mm. we looked at her after her at home for the last two weeks before she passed. Twenty four hours. I did for ten days. I stayed with my mom. I woke up through the night. Mm. I took her to the bathroom. I cleaned up after her. My aunt was there. My sisters were there. Mm. My mom was dying. She was dying in her arms, mm. and I managed to spend this. And she didn't really know what was going on because she was on morphine. Mm. But she would ask about the kids. She would ask, mm. "Why did you come and see me? I will be fine." Well, and she, "Well, I'm, I'm going to be fine." Or she would ask me, "Am I going to live, Omar? Am I going to, mm. am I going to make this?" And I'd be like, "You'll be fine, mom." Now I, I knew she was dying, but you don't tell that to the person. Yeah, yeah. It's okay, Mom, you know, it's here. And she would forget, and most of the day she was sleeping.
0: All this is coming when when yeah, when you feel this depression or, or, or heaviness again, then all this happens and then you got COVID coming with lockdowns and yeah. all that. How well, was that? Well this thing about my mom in
1: an in a I don't mean to sound cruel, but it kind of focused my mind. Again, you have to step up. Mm. You know, my mom needs my help. I'm you're responsible. Forced, you're kind of forced to. It just kicked in autopilot. Mm. You take charge. Mm. You don't feel it was no problem. I know my mom was in a bad way. She was on her way out. She was mm-hmm. about to die. She was still quite young. She was, you know, uh, she was born in 50, so she was 70. F- I know. She's 70, yeah. seven. just turned seven, Yeah, she in January she was 70, and mm. uh, January 3rd, 2020, she was 70. Mm. So she's 70, not that old by standards, and she's on her way out. Um, but I just, you know, just step up, and it was like autopilot kicked mm-hmm. in. I, I felt, okay, I could manage this. I didn't feel down. I'm just like, I have to get this done. I have to look after my mom. And not only me, my sisters were there, and my aunt was there. Mm-hmm. So we were, and we had some help from her. But we were, you know, we were effectively the nurse's. Uh, for my mom, you know, the cleaning, and she wasn't eating much. You know, mm-hmm. she, she would only do a small bit during the day, uh, and then you know she died. She died in her own bed, you know, and uh, and then Corona just kicked in at the same time. Then I, uh, the, you know, we stayed for. I stayed for a little bit longer. She died in mid March. Mm-hmm. Uh, I stayed for a, a week or two after, two weeks after. We buried my mom very quickly. The day mm-hmm. after she died, mm-hmm. she died on a Saturday. By Sunday, she was buried. By three o'clock, she was in the ground. Mm-hmm. It was that quick. Mm -hmm. And that's our culture. Mm -hmm. So my sisters washed her body at the mortuary. We had the Muslim prayer for her. Uh, Corona hasn't quite kicked in. Uh, And and it's kind of fortunate for my mom because we didn't have this. We were able to say goodbye to her. Many people's Mm -hmm. loved ones have died since And they 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 couldn't even, yeah, yeah, they couldn't mourn. They couldn't grieve. Mm -hmm. So, you know, our mom died in our arms, kind of, in Mm -hmm. some way. Mm -hmm. Which was, in some way, therapeutic or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. So I come back and I'm, and then I have, then I come back to Prague in early April or whatever. Uh, this quarantine kicks in, so I have to, so uh, I'd have to isolate for 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 two two weeks. Mm. And if I went home to my family. So I just buried my mother. Uh, they would have to. Isolate they would have with to. Isolate. But mm. unfortunately, um, I, we I managed to find an apartment, or we had an apartment, a, a small rental apartment, which mm. became empty. So I went there, and Sharka put some food in there, took some clothes down for me. I had some anybody from Scotland, uh, and so I had to. I couldn't even like hug my kids, say hello mm. after being away for three, four weeks. You know, hug my wife. I just mm. had to go to the apartment and just like be and, on and, your own. Be on my own, and it wasn't great weather. I remember. Yeah, and I just slept the first week. I was down, obviously. I cried mm-hmm. a bit. My mom had died. I managed to get out for a walk once mm-hmm. for an hour. And then the second week I started, I remember started to feel a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I've been, yeah, effectively, I've been feeling better. And it's also connected to my mom dying because mm-hmm. this guilt has been lifted. Uh-huh. And it's. I don't want to sound, I don't know how this, cruel or, um, but... I even knew this would happen. I knew that the day that my mom passes away, mm. this burden will be lifted. Mm. I won't feel responsible for pleasing my mom or not letting her down. She's no longer off this world. She's gone to the next world or wherever she is and flying in the sky or, mm. you know, uh, or if she's in heaven, she's Muslim mom, So she's, you know, she'll believe that she's, she's hopefully in heaven. I'm sure she is. Um, but yeah, the the point of the story is that yeah, the burden lifted and I, I knew this would happen. I didn't tell anyone. Uh, but it did it happen because it's
0: wrong to say it in some way, you yeah. know what I mean? I would it's, have my mom back in a
1: second. Yeah, so you yeah, said yeah, you yeah, want yeah, your mom yeah, back yeah. now. I was like, Hey, you don't need to ask me this question yeah, yeah. in a blink of an eyelid. Yeah, yeah. But,
0: but I'm thinking, like, did you feel then because in some way, um, it's kind of like, yeah, like. The, this whole thing, I mean, actually, we have talked about something completely different than I expected here really? in uh, in some way. I was going to talk to you about real estate, but we're not talking. We're actually not actually really going to talk about real estate <laughs> today.
1: But, I talk about real estate every day, so yeah, maybe it's a bit of a break for me. But, but, I'm, but if I'm you want th- to know about real estate, no, ask me. Uh,
0: yeah, but, uh, but I'm thinking now, in some way, your whole life until last year, or no, 2019, no, 2020, 2020 sorry, March 2020. Yeah, 2020, a year ago. It's. It's the first time that you are. From, you're you're escaping the expectation somehow. You're, Freedom from yeah, and. And I'm 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 just. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm gonna say about this because <laughs> it's just such um it's just an interesting sur- circle somehow, that you. Yeah, you're 50 years old. You're finally free. I don't look 50, but yeah, I'm 50. Yeah, you're finally free somehow.
1: Yes, freedom, yeah. yeah. From this responsibility or guilt. Over. Yeah. yeah, from the guilt, it's not this. I would call it guilt, feeling guilty of letting people down. You wow. didn't match their expectations of you. Mm. So that was lifted, yeah. And it was,
0: a lot of things were said, and there's also the things which are not said. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to ask you, actually. Now, yeah, you got me back on track, because... Do you feel that you have some things unsaid or things unheard? (laughs) In reflection, when I think back, for moments I get
1: angry. Mm. Like, what the fuck? I mean, what a waste of putting this pressure on your child and all your children. Just not me. I mean, think Mm -hmm. about my Mm -hmm. sisters. Mm -hmm. They have similar issues. And so it's just not me. And I'm not... Trying to be a victim or anything. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, I don't need to say it again, but I I love my mom and dad in their own way. They were good parents. Mm -hmm. Um, But they projected onto me and look what happened to me. I ended up getting down, Mm -hmm. depressed. Mm -hmm. You call it what you want. Um, Partly due to that, maybe other reasons too, because it's multi layered. There's not one thing. We know that. Yeah. So.
0: even now i've lost the train of yeah but if there's something unsaid or unsaid uh but yeah i guess yeah i mean
1: the anger the the, in moments the anger like what a waste of time what a waste of effort what a waste Mm. of anxiety imagine what could have happened if i felt great Mm. you know carrying it since what 2012 or even Mm. a bit earlier off and on like you know eight years later nine years later like mm. the pain and not, and, 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 the, uh, towards the end of 2019, beginning, beginning of 2020, like not knowing what the heck's going on, not and like not being able to get out of bed in the morning, not wanting mm. to see your friends, not eating. Mm. So only, uh, the only upside for me from being down was that I lost some weight. Mm. So yeah. maybe I'll start to get depressed again. I could do with losing a few pounds
0: after lockdown. So, yeah. <laughs> so, but I, but I, I think, I think that, that it, it's, it's very often like this, that, um, that um when when some some influential person disappears from one's life through death usually then yeah the 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 pressure is relieved yeah it was like a valve you know of a pressure cooker
1: and mm. so, and it's taking its time almost because i've had to work on myself you know I, you know, when I wasn't feeling down, I was looking for answers. I would like watch YouTube videos, podcasts mm, mm. on how to feel better. And I would, and, or, or the therapist would tell me, now I knew what to do, I didn't know how to do it. Mm. And I don't read self-help books. I maybe read two self-help books in my life mm. because I get bored with them, mm. you know. And there's a difference between being knowing. So I knew the problems. And that was also the frustrating thing for me in 2018. I knew what the issues were. Even earlier, I just didn't know how to fix them. I didn't mm. have, I didn't ha- I don't know how to love myself more. I mean, these are the kind of things you you love yourself. I, mean, I don't, how do you do that? Yeah. Where did they yeah, teach yeah. you? They, Which, they where, don't teach you that in school. They don't, and your parents don't teach it to you. It's almost oh. like it's a narcissism or arrogance or, uh, you know, overconfidence. And loving yourself is not thinking you're fantastic. For me, loving yourself is just being comfortable in your skin. hmm mm. And and I think this also uh, reflects in business environment. Mm. Many of the people who are these macho women or guys, I really, forget women, women are not that macho, you know. But uh, but anyway, people who are maybe uh, come across in a certain way or even seen as successful, mm. and, and but can be like assholes. Mm. It's um, they're just not. They're probably in some. I'm just guessing. I think many of them are just not happy mm. in the, with themselves. Some of them don't even know. They haven't lifted the mask off. They are, they are still trying to get the you know the house in France and the private jet and the, mm-hmm. the 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 expensive watch and the newest car and the latest iPhone and the six holidays and putting on Facebook and putting I know I'm on Facebook and Twitter but you know I'm usually cracking jokes and mm-hmm. making fun of other people mm-hmm. or my friends mostly.
0: I don't um, find you very funny there, but yeah. Uh, no, I <laughs> know. As long as she. But then you're so.
1: Icelandic. I mean, tell me one good Icelandic com- comedian that the world would know. Scotland's
0: produced thousands. Yeah. But Omar Saad was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Failed one though. If we, but in in some way, I just came to my. You've lived in the shadow of of Islam. And I wouldn't
1: way. say Islam. No, I mean this is this. You could be Indian and you would have mm. the same. You could be Sikh, Hindu. Mm. You could be Jewish mm. from Israel. You could be Jehovah's Witness. You could be whatever. I don't think. I think it's. It's the wrong expectation. Yeah, Islam is not it's cultural. It's whatever mm. the mm. it's environment, it's this nature nurture mm. thing, you know. It's uh, Islam's part of it because it just happens to be that it's like the lottery ticket that I drew. Yeah. I grew and uh, I was born in this family. Some of the lottery ticket was good in my in my eyes. It was in Scotland. I could have been born in Pakistan and mm. you know, I would be a farmer now mm. growing uh, sugar cane. Mm. and we wouldn't have been having this podcast. No. And I'd I, be I, making jokes
0: in Pakistani language. Yeah, I'd be a failed Pakistani comedian. comedian. Um, I think we are coming to the end of this. Um, we didn't cover. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I things. wanted to, if you give me the, yeah. So here we are, 2021, um, and you are working for a company called CrowdBerry. Exactly. Yes. And uh, we talked about it a little bit there in the beginning. Give me the 30-second elevator pitch on CrowdBerry.
1: So CrowdBerry is a crowdfunding investment platform Mm. which is invested in SMEs and startups in Czech and Slovakia. Uh, Approximately 33 companies, about 47 million euros committed. Some of those SMEs are also real estate, and that's why they have people like me there. In addition, recently we just launched a new fund, real estate fund. It's a registered fund in the Czech Mm. Republic. It's called Qualified Investor Fund. It has certain tax benefits, like tax a uh, rate of that fund is only five percent, as opposed to nineteen. Uh, um, um, and to invest in this fund, uh, you need to invest a minimum of a million crowns. So
0: and a uh, million Czech crowns is
1: 40,000? Uh, uh, euros. And
0: and and then the and the on the other part, you are also crowdfunding real estate projects.
1: The crowdfunding real estate projects and SME. So some of the SMEs that we our business has. Invested our clients' money in is like cancer diagnostics, mm. prop tech, mm. yogurt manufacturer, for example, or Eco Capsule, which is a type of sustainable caravan, say, mm. uh, or, or just, just something, or even the food shop, which is a a shop uh, which sells high-end sneakers, yeah. and then we have a couple of real estate transactions in there, the ones which I kind of involved in, which is like uh, Last Mile Logistics, new brand new mass la- Last Mile Logistics centers, mm. uh, uh, one real estate project, uh, some one residential project of reconstruction of a building mm. into apartments, uh, and also one retail park, retail big box, so next to a, a Lidl and some, you know, like Droxy pet mm. shop, uh, you know, this type of retail. Yeah, is, this
0: mini... Big box
1: we call yeah. a retail park is what we call Yeah, like the they UK. have in the States. Totally. Yeah, usually at the edge of town and you yeah. park, there's, no, there's not a shopping mall. Yeah. And now the fund is going to be investing in, in commercial uh, real and residential in Czech and Slovakia. We're aiming to give returns of above 10%. So that's
0: The cool thing about this, because when I was checking this stuff out, um, is that with this, this actually gives the, the crowd, let's say the crowdfunded real estate investments gives someone who has a little bit of money extra, a chance to get in on a real estate project, which is Or, or SME project. Yeah, which the real estate is usually less risky, let's yes. say the concrete is there. Yes, exactly. Regardless of whether someone buys shoes or not. Yes. Uh, what's the minimum investment if I would want to come in on a on a real estate project?
1: So if it was just a crowdfunded, we could do it two ways. Or we will do it two ways. So if it's a, the crowd which we've done so far, the crowdfunding way Typically, 10%, uh, 10%, ten percent. Yeah, ten percent. Ten thousand euros is a minimum mm-hmm. to get in, mm-hmm. and so you decide whether you want to invest in this deal or not. Mm. In the fund, it's a minimum of forty thousand euros. Yep. But it's, I I am effectively running that fund along with another colleague. We are on the investment committee. We have some, you know, the uh, it's very complicated. Let's not go into it. Mm. But there is an investment committee, and as long as the uh, the investments which go into the fund. Uh, match the the rules of the fund. The investment committee should approve it. Mm. Now, so. To answer your question, if you want to do a crowdfunding real estate deal at ten thousand, if you want to have a where you decide, you you pick the deal. You, you don't need to go in. But when you put your money in the fund then, you yeah, li- yeah, then lying you're relying on my relying judgment, on, yeah, yeah, my yeah, judgment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I pick the building, yeah. I pick when we buy it and when we mm. will sell it, and you basically get shares in the fund mm. and the share price moves every quarter. Yeah, and you can the sell the and an exit. You can sell after after yeah. four years, you can sell and exit your
0: but I like the crowdfunded. Yes, because it 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 gives it's democracy or yeah. democratic Democratization?
1: Com- g- g- oh, uh, easy for me to say. Yeah. Democratization of uh, real estate ownership.
0: Yeah, and I think I think it also gives... Uh, um, uh, you the, the ticket to the dance is much cheaper than... It's well, a lower hurdle to get yeah.
1: it, And people can participate um, in an investment. Now, in a market like Czech Republic or CE, investment products are less sophisticated. And mm-hmm. people's uh, investment knowledge is much lower... Mm. And, and it's no reflection of the pop. It's just mm. the way it is. Mm. People are not buying. Not many people. Say, okay, are, some are shares, shares in sports. in in uh, you know uh, whatever you know mm. uh, Google or whatever company Toyota. Um, Nike, mm-hmm. they're not mm-hmm. buying shares in those companies. No. You know, they. It is, of course, of course, some people are. Mm. Uh, but some, you know, they don't know about the bond market. It's it's, it's scary. You know, mm. all these. Uh, you know, what's the price earn per earning share? What's the mm. NAV? And you know, all this jargon you get put off. The mm. price is fluctuating up and down. Wow, you know, people like real estate. Yeah, yeah They live in real there. estate, yeah, they, their work is in real estate, and you can visible. touch it, it's visible. Uh, so mm-hmm. everyone thinks they know about real estate. Everyone's got an opinion about the property. Everyone, th- mm-hmm. Not everyone, but many people think they're a developer and they can do this and it's easy. And why do we pay you guys so much? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, fair enough, go and do it you know, uh, yourself if it's that easy. But And mm-hmm. some people do really well out of it. you know. They don't need guys like me. They, they, they can do it. It's not that difficult. Come on. Uh, but yeah, you just need to be sensible. Uh, but it's, it's interesting. And the next stage is going to be even more interesting because it's all going blockchain and mm. all this kind of uh, tokenization of real estate. And it's even getting more fragmented. Mm. But you're right. It allows people to participate in. And that's what we are providing. We are providing that conduit or that channel mm. to allow, an in inverted commas, the average person, to invest in something mm. which they can read, review. They've got to trust us. My experience, yeah, my colleagues. They experience. would
0: never afford to invest in on their own. Maybe. they couldn't buy that building
1: mm. of five million euros or twenty million euros on their own. Mm. And we use debt from the bank. So usually it's like fifty percent of it comes from the bank, or seventy percent, or seventy. Sorry. And just to be clear, that depending on the project itself, and the rest comes what they call from equity, mm-hmm. and we are projecting returns above ten percent on the equity portion. Mm-hmm. You know, over say five, six years. Mm. You know, that's usually the lifespan because you know real estate is liquid, but still not as li- liquid as an as a share in uh, yeah, yeah, a in company, Toyota yeah. or whatever. You know. Mm. And what's the web page of this? Uh, the fund webpage page is. Uh, cbpi.eu mm. and the f- crowdfunding investment marketplace, which does have some real estate and other transactions, other types of deals on It's Crowdberry. If you just uh, Google Crowdberry, you will find it. Uh-huh. It's not many companies called Crowdberry.
0: No, I thought it was a. Uh, I, I read, misread it. I saw this name f- some months ago, and I thought it was like a crowd like a crowbar business that we make crowbars <laughs> to for burglars, but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> you're not.
1: You're trying to say we're thieves? No no no, 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 no. No, the board just, I asked, why did you pick Crowdberry? And apparently the guys who uh, picked it was because crowdfunding, obviously, and mm. berries because you pick the best fruit. Mm so it's like picking the best because we review many businesses yeah, and, and, we, and we refuse up, yeah. some of them and say, look, we can't make this work. Mm. They, they don't accept the terms that we think our investors would need, the governance that they need to, because we are handling other people's money. Mm. So we need to make sure for that we do it right. Yeah. We yeah. Do it right. yeah, yeah. yeah. And we, and I'm, I'm glad that philosophy is in the company, that we do things the right way. And mm. we are, we are aware that this is not our cash. Mm. It, is, it is the money of our investors. And we need to, you know, we need to protect it.
0: And give a good return as much as we can. This is a very schizophrenic episode. We're talking on one hand about uh, the so you're, given, you're giving me more problems. Yeah, now you're telling anxiety. me I'm schizophrenic. Yeah, the <laughs> only. Anxiety that built <laughs> up inside you from yeah. the expectation from your family and the traditions that they... And then now we just talked about the uh, return on investment and... Net present values and and Nenevies, yeah. yields,
1: <laughs> Yield. yeah.
0: all the all the good well, we stuff. We didn't
1: talk about yields, but let's not go there.
0: No. Omar, it's been great to have you. Um, it's and been a pleasure st- to be here. As oh, I well. said, I th- I thought I thought somehow I had different things in mind when I came in
1: here, but it, I had it, different things in mind. I yeah. thought we'd be talking about Scottish football and colonialism, uh, and, uh, no. my views on racism and all this stuff. But no, uh, we you, might
0: c- you might just come back for that, uh, guys. Um, those of you still awake um, uh, Facebook page of the show is uh, The Bunker How the Hell Did We End Up Here Um, Bunker Prague on Instagram Midlife Crisis Warrior on Twitter and Instagram that's my personal one and thanks to the sponsors The Oat Bar and Alfred Jobs Alfred.c set yeah Uh, I don't know I don't think there's anything more to say Um,
1: we're good right? good armor, I think. That's uh call it a, call it a day or wrap it up, whatever you I don't know what you say in podcast <laughs> speak. No, I don't know either. I'm new here. Thank you.
0: Bye bye.